Hi, I would like to begin this episode by thanking Ewan Roberts, Nick Kirill, Graham, Chris Lees, and A. Zook. All of these people, all five of them, have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and supported this network, this show, and us. You can be like them by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and not just supporting us, but getting some cool stuff and extra content in return. That's all. Listen to this episode. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we're talking about Axiom Verge, which is a Metroidvania game developed and published by Thomas Happ for the PC and consoles in 2015. Yep. And next week we'll be doing Manuel Verge. <laughs> and then finally we'll be doing Decker Verge mm. at, the, uh, at the end of the month as the premium episode. Yeah. Um, and then the super yeah. premium one's going to be the QAnon remix. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so this is an executive produced episode. Mm -hmm. um, this one produced by Nicholas Wilde. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. And we're going to we're going to get into it. This is uh, we, we have our interesting month here where like uh, to me, you know, it is it is the flawed but ambitious ambitious indie Metroidvania month. Where the first one I liked a little bit more than Cole, yeah. and this one Cole likes a little bit more than me, mm -hmm. and it's a classic Brave Fencer Musashi showdown. By which you mean it's like you're sixty forty on one, and I'm sixty forty on one. Ex exactly. <laughs> well, I think I think Brave Fencer Musashi is probably like twenty eighty. Yeah, but, but yeah, pretty, a little closer to that. Yeah. But this this was something too that like I was looking at it and rewatching the boss fights to remind myself of, and I know that uh, Nicholas, you know, who produced the thing is a really big fan i just want to throw mm -hmm. in my blanket caveat that the fact that this left me pretty cool uh is not in not talking shit about anyone's taste or anything mm -hmm. like this is a widely uh acclaimed game yeah um, and the people love this thing the things that you love about it we probably also love yeah yeah there it is <laughs> there are undeniably cool things about this yeah yeah i i i just uh i think that the the, the combat's not good and mm -hmm. I and I think that the uh, I got annoyed at the story, and there's just like a couple of things I got annoyed about. Yeah, uh, that ended up just having a, a pretty big impact. Mm -hmm. While you know, while not uh, not sinking it, like I had fun with this. Yeah, very similar to Valda's story. Like I had fun, mm -hmm. but lots of problems, and and very different problems, which was like a really uh, interesting. Like putting these together, you know, initially seemed like a mistake, but I actually think it's kind of a good move because mm -hmm. they act in contrast to each other. Yes. Like, this is not messy. Like, Valda's story feels unfinished and amateurish and stuff. And this is, like, a, a weird triumph of production that's mm -hmm. still, like, 
<laughs> again, like manages to leave me pretty like I think it's pretty hard, like soulless um, or like lacks heart. Yeah. Or something like there is there is a feeling of like mm-hmm. this is crafted very well, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. Um. So you play as a as a as a real fucking weirdo, <laughs> like a, just a real choice. You play as a choice yeah. uh, named, named Trace. Hi, I'm a choice named Trace. Yeah, the, the the choice named Trace, like deciding to make somebody like look like a kind of like a dad on the wild thornberries or something. Like, what is <laughs> what does he look like? He's got How a, would you describe Chase? Who's Chase? It, 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 Trace. Trace. Uh, I know a couple. <laughs> I, I know a couple of chases. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Trace. Yeah, uh, I mean Trace. He's a he's a, he's a shaggy haired uh, pencil neck, is what he is. Yeah, yeah. With, with big misguided sideburns. Yes, very. Um, but it's uh, you know, it's it's part of the mutation. No, it's not. Oh yeah, that's not. It's <laughs> part of the time loop. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's no time loop. It's a dream thing, but it kind of seems like one blah loop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you play as this uh, shaggy-haired pencil neck. He's a scientist uh, working at a lab in New Mexico. Uh, explodes, and he wakes up um, basically on a Metroid planet uh, named Sudra. And mm-hmm. has no idea really what's going on or how he got there. It's also the name of an, uh, a vegan Indian restaurant near my house, uh, which kept throwing me every time I read it. Huh. Like going to Sutra. Is, it, is, it, is it at least a good, re- is it a good restaurant? It is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not a, I'm not a vegan, but they, uh, you know, I like vegetables. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, you know, an Indian food is a pretty safe bet for that. So, yeah, that's the thing about vegan food. Everybody can eat it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is this is almost an actionable throwback to NES Metroid. Yeah, it's, um, there are a couple other bits of influence like Super Metroid. There's a little Blaster Master in there, but this is so directly a Metroid like mm-hmm. uh, as to be it like almost bypasses homage to me. Yeah, I mean, and I think that it specifically has to do with the look more than anything. <laughs> um, mm. uh, specifically because this is a very dark game. Uh, there's, you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, black backgrounds and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and also like the art style is really weird. I love the art style quite a bit, but I think that like, there's this interesting tension between the NES style, uh, graphics. Obviously there, I, I don't think they're working within like sprite color limitations or anything like that, no, no, no. but like with the, those limitations and then kind of the massive detail and atmosphere that they managed to pull off with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the atmosphere is very reminiscent of the original Metroid. Yeah, the, the, I, I think that is, is very clearly an intent mm-hmm. uh, to it. Something about this um, in terms of atmosphere made this feel very Teflon-y to me. Hmm. Like, and I think part of it was the uh, the emphasis on, on combat um, and the attention that combat required. Okay. Which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, but something kind of held me at arm's length with atmosphere. Like I would feel the atmosphere during a couple big set piece things where they would really like pull back and there'd be a sense of scale and you'd see some, you know, reclining Colossus mm-hmm. or something like that or a big pile of corpses or something. And that was very cool. The hallways ended up feeling weirdly anonymous to me hmm. in a way that Metroid didn't uh, kind of did rather, but Super Metroid never did Yeah, to me. Like, I think that uh, something about the map design of this and the size of it, mm-hmm. like, ends up missing that balance. Yeah. Where, like, every every Metroid area fe- has a very distinct feel to me, and every area of this does not have a distinct feel. And partly it's because there's not really different geography to it. Like, it's always going to be the same wireframe. 
Why? Yeah. It's like other than maybe the outdoor area. The outdoor mm-hmm. snowy area feels different. Yeah. Um, and the other thing being that uh, it just ends up feeling kind of like, I don't know, like less naturalistic to me. Like yeah. I, I didn't get a strong sense of place to it. Yeah, less naturalistic. I think is I, th- I think that, that 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 is an apt an apt way to describe it. I I didn't have that same experience. I felt that each of the areas was differentiated enough by by color and by sound uh, and even by layout, specifically with like the different hazards and things like that. Um, It never rises to the heights of a Super Metroid, but I was really here for the stuff that this did atmosphere wise, kind of both big and small. It it might be a thing where uh, and I, I. You know, I don't try not to lean on this all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, colorblind mode, uh, Gary, also had some other problems with this that, that were more practical. Yeah. Um, and the the fact that some of these differentiations in color were probably lost on my eyes. That, that's so, possible. Like, yeah. At, at its worst, it meant not seeing that a platform that was key to beating a boss was there, like mm-hmm. not knowing the background from the foreground, which oh, geez. was yeah. a pretty persistent problem in this game for me. Hmm. Um, but the... Uh, it could also lend itself to unless it was like a very high contrast, like again, like the snowy area that's outside. Yeah. Um, not being able to see the contrast between these colors. Yeah. Um, and then part of it was also just backtracking a lot. Like it, there's a, there's a weird um, little bit of this as the map expanded um, where I would get lost. Like there's kind of like two different kinds of lost in a, a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm to me like there's like good lost and bad lost and good lost is uh you know i have a multiple different ideas on where to go mm-hmm. and i'm gonna go like check them out and then bad lost is i'm going to run the perimeter of the map rubbing my new tools against every bit of the perimeter yeah and i ended up in bad lost a lot because i didn't you know early on i could make mental notes like oh i need something here mm-hmm. but then the map eventually just kind of grew in scale to where like i no longer really had an idea where to come back and use my new kind of erasing glitch wall ability. Yeah. The, um, the, the size of this world, I do think it is too big for your specific kind of like move set. I think the move set is a joy in this actually. Uh, but specifically for like the lack of, you know, a real fast travel option, like there's a little bug super highway you can take (laughs) once you get fast travel sucks. Yeah. It's not good. they should have just done bonfire warping in this. Yeah, that that um, that, that would have been that that would have been preferable to me. Um, but I can see how that would be how that would be a problem. I think that the uh, the, the the actual like bigness of the world kind of goes from being a strength because hey, there's more of this for me to to to, to look around in, and ro- and does roll over into being a bit of a hindrance because if if there's one thing that a Metroidvania game ought to do is it needs to get you excited to move from one point of the map to the other. Well, so there's that, like, which I think I agree with you. Like, I think it's something that starts as a strength thing. It becomes a weakness. I think there's that. And then also I should master a space. I should feel a mental map of the game world Yeah. in a Metroidvania or a Dark Souls or a Kingsfield sense. Mm-hmm. And I had that for a time and then lost it. In this. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that uh, bigness and kind of like, even just the the granularity of what they're asking you to remember. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not enough to uh, remember where there is a barrier. I need to remember where there are one tile barriers and when there are two tile barriers. Yeah, yeah. It's not enough to remember a glitch wall. It's enough to remember, is it a glitch wall or like a really glitchy wall? Mm-hmm. And th- those similarities uh, were kind of devastating to that sense of remembering where to go back to. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so that that kind of like adventure game mask, just rubbing myself on the perimeters of the map mm -hmm. as I went through, ended up becoming like a real hindrance and annoyance yeah. near the end. So while well, starting off is not that big a deal. Mm hmm. But eventually it became a big source of resentment for me in this. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't for me, but I can see where it could for you or where, yeah. where, where it could for somebody else, not for you specifically. It, it probably ties also into me not liking the combat very much. Yeah. So like you end up having to do that a lot when you're moving through. And like mm -hmm. if I like the combat more, I would like it like the uh, the big unqualified wins for me, like which we'll get to are the the soundtrack and the uh, like weapon and tool set, I think, are really interesting and cool. Yes. Um, you know, I think those are basically unqualified wins. Everything mm -hmm. else for me has an asterisk next to it. No. Yeah. Um, but those are varying sizes of asterisk. Like, so like four point font and 72 point font <laughs> takes all points in between just yeah. the gigantic curvonigan asshole in the middle of the <laughs> document. So, yeah. Um, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like we said, this is more of an NES style uh, Metroidvania throwback than, you know, other ones, like which end up usually being Symphony of the Night, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> is usually what, uh, yeah. what what people throw back to, uh, which is unique and rare. Uh, the, like, yeah. I don't you don't see that an awful lot for as much as like Metroidvania is the expressed mode for a large number of indie games. Right. This is yeah. the you know, this, this is a rare catch in that regard. There's no Vania. <laughs> it's it's just, it's just a metroid yeah you know it's uh there's no rpg elements really there are heart container style upgrades mm -hmm. um but it does not have that uh any of that symphony dna yeah um really um so you, you end up uh getting items that make you uh you know feel kind of more powerful or more mobile or allow you to bypass key you know locks mm -hmm. um but they tend to be twists on metroid Things. And this always delighted me, the fact that it's it, pretty would, clever. it would solve the same problems, but in a very, very different way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty clever. Like the way that these power-ups work, I think, is neat. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes in my hands, I would not like it as much. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I I found myself wanting a double jump instead of a drone launch teleport. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because I would be easier. Like I'd be able mm -hmm. to control it better it's more direct yeah but them saying like hey we're not going to give you a morph ball we're going to give you a drone mm -hmm. like is a really cool conceit yeah. um you know i like that uh quite a bit and i had no idea how much the capabilities of the drones would expand yeah it's a neat <laughs> idea yeah. it's also baby and it needs to be protected at all costs oh yeah no it just it is too delicate for this world is the thing yeah I need it to. I'm glad that it responds. Like, what if it just died? <laughs> you know, what if you had <laughs> to go just, catch a new one? <laughs> it's cut to cut to funeral. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine them think because there's that one little like spout that's just constantly making baby. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like if you had to go catch a new one and they made you go back there when your drone died, uh -huh. it would be one of those. You know, it's like how fall damage would ruin portal. Yeah. It would be like one choice that would make the game unplayable. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because those uh, combat gauntlets with drone never cease to frustrate me yeah um i did not like fighting with the drone yeah it's not great yeah yeah um so we mentioned the drone uh and yep. we'll talk about it you know kind of more when you when we get to there but that is kind of the way that axiom verge gets you through tight areas so instead of turning into a morph ball and you know bouncing around through those you know one block high areas yourself you send this drone out and it can pick up items and things like that and eventually get the uh, capability to teleport to it which is mm -hmm. really cool yeah <laughs> um, uh the other big one is the ability to glitch through walls by doing like a double tap against a one pixel or a later not, not one pixel a one block or a later two block wide 
um, barrier. And yeah. yeah, you just like you start flickering and then boom, you get through. Yeah. And it, it's uh, the way this kind of plays off. So like this is I wish I could have remapped this because eventually you have to start doing it while you're jumping. Yeah. And the double tap um, while you're I, jumping is not great. Really awkward. Yeah. Um, and it ends up kind of ruining its uh, efficacy as kind of a dodge roll. Yeah. Like um, which it could act as like I, I, I have a, a, a tight you know, quite a bit on the combat of this. I want to talk about how that articulates later. Yeah. Um, but adding, making that easier, if this was a dodge roll, like you map this to a button, mm -hmm. I think that would have done a lot to improve the combat and the freedom and feeling of movement. Agreed. With this. Um, and I, I just, uh, I don't understand, like I don't understand why double tapping and holding the second tap up against the wall is was the solution for this. Like it just—it feels very undeniably awkward to me. Mm -hmm. And I never found a control a controller that made it easy. So I played this mm. with an Xbox One controller on the PC, and like the analog stick was just a little bit too loose and sloppy to like get it to register a double tap as being a double tap in the same direction. And mm -hmm. even the D pad on the Xbox One controller, which is actually really really good. Uh, nice and clicky and satisfying. Um, it didn't actually like it. It still felt it's it still felt unreliable it's a little imprecise in general like yeah. i did this on the switch with the uh the good hori d-pad yeah, yeah um and it's just kind of not a very reliable move mm -hmm. um the uh so this is this is all well and good those are interesting things the other kind of big uh thing is a drill yeah yeah which is more of an issue in the early game than the late game mm -hmm. um one thing i want to mention i'm sure you have a note for this specifically uh the sound design in this game is ridiculously on point oh yeah um the way that the drill and the glitch beam and the teleport and all those things sound and feel mm -hmm. is like triumph yeah triumph class a, a, a great amount of thought and care is evident in the way those things are deployed um yes. and i think that the like weirdly the way that it the, the like the thing that got me to notice that and start listening for more was your low health uh beep instead of just being to the song, beat. it beats to the beat of the, of the yeah. song which is amazing um, yeah it's a good idea yeah it's a really good idea and makes it you know fit in and feel like less jarring and makes you feel a little, a little bit less like your blood is made of bees yes yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 very nice yeah like and and this ties into the very good soundtrack which mm -hmm. I, again i'm sure you have a note on that later but like the soundtrack in this game is very good yes um <laughs> you know it it is full of bops left and right like <laughs> Really, really good stuff. They use the same boss theme over and over, but it's really good. So yeah. I don't mind. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like that they reuse it, but also who gives a shit? Because yeah, I get to hear high quality. It very, I get to hear yeah. it a lot. So, yeah, yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, the other kind of aesthetic half of this, other than the sound half, is the uh, visual part, which, mm -hmm. you know, we mentioned um, it's kind of NES uh, trappings. The other uh, bit of its vocabulary is NES sprite glitching, yeah. which, again, I think is like an endlessly clever move. Mm hmm. Um, you know, that's something that we have a, a shared kind of history with, you know, of gamers of a certain age. Yes. Um, and the uh, taking that and leaning into it here works. You know, I like it a lot better here than I've seen it in other places. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a, as a glitch aesthetic is actually really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, 100 100 agreed and i can't give like a meaningful read about like why the glitch aesthetic fits into this world when it doesn't fit into a bunch of others i think that mm -hmm. it is you know again deployed here with so much intentionality 
And, you know, it is pretty well observed as far as like how it would have behaved in those older games. Um, and then it is turned into something that, you know, has mechanical efficacy here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it's just really well integrated is the thing that makes it feel better here than it does elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and like, it's mechanically interesting too. So you get a special gun partway through the game that like lets you glitch certain world geometry. Like there'll be these walls or clouds of glitched sprites and you have to, mm -hmm. you know, use this to clear them out. But something that is really kind of like necessary for some of the platforming segments, especially later on, is the fact that if you use this gun on enemies, uh, they will glitch and they will behave differently. Like it won't neutralize mm -hmm. them. Some of them it will. But like it will change the way that they move or it will change the it will change like what happens when you touch them or it will change their firing pattern. Um, yeah. And, you know, if it's not advantageous to you, you can just glitch them back. Yes, or not glitch them next time you run into them because yes. you, you know, because the amount of backtracking this, you will end up fighting the same enemies like quite a bit. Yes. Um, in this. And I think this is uh, like a, a very neat idea mm -hmm. for this that I ended up in practice finding like a little bit tedious to use. Hmm. Like I liked it. I thought it was a cool idea, um, you know, but I didn't want to in a Metroid game. Like, I, I kept waiting for the point in this game, like in uh, Super Metroid or Hollow Knight or whatever, where I was just blasting through hallways without paying attention to anything. Yeah. And in this game, a lot of the bigger kind of like, not mini boss, but like something that'd be like a, a two by two sprite, um, do enough damage and take up enough of the hallway real estate mm -hmm. that I felt like I had to deal with them. And having the glitch gun be part of my strategy for dealing with them meant every time I backtracked through this hallway, I would have to stop glitch engage with the combat and then move through and because it wasn't a symphony of night like i wasn't like getting levels or anything based on this right and it slowed down my pace like there's a couple of pacing killers in this and that was a big one for me that's really um, that's really funny because that i did not i did not uh, like experience that as a bummer at all <laughs> i just i just don't like the fighting in it yeah i don't think i don't think the fighting in the game is fun yeah i mean i wish um, i wish there was a little bit more enemy variety um and I think that like that that's kind of my big one of my bigger problems with this. But yeah, like the I I generally found the fighting to be fine. The boss designs are a little the the mechanic the mechanics of the boss designs end up being kind of boring. Uh yeah, you know, like I have a uh, yeah in the notes here, like one half of them are interesting and one half of them are rote. But like they all do I, one trick and then they get the trick gets faster. Yes. I've I've never <laughs> wanted for additional phases for a boss before, but here's the first. <laughs> here we go. Like uh, here we go. A, a monkey's paw curls. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um uh yeah, I, I guess I never found myself like craving that lightness, that lightness of progression that that you mentioned being a good thing in um Super Metroid. And I also agree is good there. I think that I, I probably I think, just good. ended up like resenting backtracking more. Mm. Like I was doing it more because I was probably, you know, again rubbing myself on the exterior of the map more. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up doing more laps, which eventually led to just kind of more resentment of fighting yeah, the same getting, and getting kind of slow down. Yeah. You know, and just like was just like, well, fuck, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess it's it's another time for this like weird upside down squid thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the order of operations, or I just tank the damage, you know, through them. But the the uh, economy, the health economy of this is very different than Super Metroid Two, which is yeah. like. Yeah, you know, we did that episode on that game, and I, I love that game. I think it's a masterpiece. One of the least elegant things about it is how it handles health and how instead of giving you a defensive vocabulary, 
the game gives you just an absolutely enormous well of health. Mm-hmm. Um, this game also, I feel like the defensive vocabulary in this is a little bit stronger because you can uh, you have a greater variety of weapons and you can kind of trick enemies into like hanging out on the geometry in unadvantageous ways yeah. um, in a way you can't do with Super Metroid. But it means that if I just want to tank, like not a good idea mm-hmm. in Axiom Verge to just like run through enemies. No, no, you're you're very fragile. And that combination ended up being very frustrating to me because stopping and fighting all of these things, like I just kind of felt kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just, again, slow down the pace along with like my biggest bugbear with the enemies in this game, which is I think that they are all almost uniformly too tanky mm-hmm. um, little enemies, like little things that are like the shape of flies and have the cadence of a bat yeah. in your video game should only ever take one shot to kill. Yeah. No matter what, like whatever that gun is, one shot per bat. Like if I went if I went down to the zoo and I got out got out my Glock, how many bullets do you think it should take to kill a bat? One, right? The bat's well, about the size it? of a fucking bullet. I mean, is somebody holding it down? Yeah. Okay. In this case, uh, I've I've decided to conspire with an incredibly cruel zookeeper. Right. Right. Who uh, was a big fan of the show. Uh, you know, wishes we liked Sekiro more, but otherwise likes the network. And I, I, I'm just gonna do this experiment where I shoot bats execution, like gangland style. Yeah. You know, and just just to prove a point, like I just grabbed Thomas Happ, and I'm like, look, bam, look, bam, look, bam. <laughs> and having little tiny things that rush you uh-huh. that take multiple shots is just like ridiculous to me. And like everything in this game takes like one to two shots more than it should. And it did a lot of pacing damage for me, Hmm. like between having to stop and fight and not liking the fighting very much, like in the first place, but then just having everything just take a while and my upgrades to like increase my combat efficacy were all split into six. And so I'd have to find six of them to get more powerful. Yeah, that's not good. Like, I don't I don't like that the adapted, just so fucking slow. Yeah. Like I never think of Super Metroid as a fast game, mm-hmm. but like but the sprint that you get in that like there are a lot of things in Super Metroid that make that game feel fast. Mm. And in a way that Axiom Verge never felt fast to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I think that maybe it's because because I so associated this with Metroid for NES, which is a slow game, especially compared to Super Metroid. Like I just wasn't looking for the quickness and the lightness in that. I agree that okay. you know that that a lot of enemies take a little bit too much. You take, take too many shots, but it, like like those those pebbles didn't pile up in my pack. I guess it, I think I just like Super Metroid so much more than I like Metroid. That's a reasonable, like, that's a reasonable take. It, <laughs> like I just think this is a much better game. Like mm-hmm. I like Metroid. It's really revolutionary for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's a particularly good game. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a lot slower. Like I think that that pace is a lot slower, but at the time it felt very mysterious and cool. But <clears> now, <throat> you know, I'm a go-go gamer of the nineties. Like I don't, I, I, I need that, that sweet, yeah. sweet adrenaline rush of the, uh, the awkward gate of super Metroid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, no, you you can't unring that bell. You can't like yeah. forget your time with Super Metroid, um, like Hollow Knight come here. or something. Yeah. Like you know, the, you know, there's other Metroidvania type games. You know, Momodora that mm-hmm. like are move quicker. Yeah, like, um, but that that tankiness ended up being a big frustrating thing to me. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, specifically with little guys that rushed me. Yeah, so I take damage. I'm very frail. I'm just trying to get through this area because I'm trying to find the next little bit of the map to see if my new glitch gun will work or if mm-hmm. I, there's a glitch wall I forgot about. That added up a lot for me. Yeah. So that never became a problem for me until I got the um, the bombs. 
yeah. uh, which made it so that half of the drops ended up being being things that I didn't need. So like, hey, we're going to take away half of your health pickups that you may be relying on. That's when yeah. it became a bummer for me. Well, and having two different types of glitch wall, I think, is a kind of a misguided decision in this. Like I would have visually indicated that differently. Yeah. As opposed to just being like a glitch and a slightly more aggressive looking glitch. Mm hmm. Um, lots of guns lots of guns in the game like, um and they're like largely optional like i ended up ending the game with like eight guns but yeah. i looked on the wiki and there's you know 16 or something yeah i got i think i got most if not all of them it's pretty ridiculous you get like the number of guns you get outstrips like the keyboard shortcut you would use to go to them yeah 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 so that um, is uh that, that that is pretty funny uh, they're good, but oftentimes I found that I like had the kind of gun that I liked and I would get something new and say, Hey, this is great. And then I would go and use it and be like, Oh no, like I really like the old one better. Let's go back to it. There were very what? few times yeah. where it ended up being like, Oh yeah, like this is a key for this particular situation in the, in the, you know, in, in the world. Right. For, the, a for couple this of particular them like enemy. That. Yeah. There are a few. A couple bosses. Yeah. But in general, like there are lots of side grades and a lot of them deal with like the pattern of the bullet. Yes. You know, so this was like everything does shit for damage except for the short range lightning thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just what pattern of bullet do you like and how fast do you want to tap the, the button? Mm -hmm. You know, so like I ended up relying for a large portion of the game on that that lightning shotgun thing, yeah, because everything was taking too long to kill, and yeah. it goes through walls. And going you know, through walls of, is a big thing. So you know, in terms of the combat, like the main way to succeed in the combat in Axiom Verge, as far as I can tell, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe there's a more like MLG pro gamer way to do this that I didn't figure out, but would be to get an enemy on the other side of a wall, uh, and then kill them with a lightning shotgun where they couldn't hurt me. Like, I didn't really have a good dodge. I wasn't dodging bullets very often. Mm -hmm. um, I would get them stuck on a corner or I would get I would go from below a platform and they'd be above the platform and I would hit them with a lightning gun until they died. Yeah, uh, it was most of my combat. Like I was very rarely in danger mm -hmm. uh, from things other than things that you had no choice but to be in danger of. Yeah. So like there are these like escape mental patient looking, you know, enemies like that's how how they're coded to me. Like I'm not to be ableist with that but that's it seems what, like what they're trying to evoke yeah like, it's, it's like the, it's the zombified sudron uh kind of like yeah. reg regular people yeah that like run, uh, up, run up to you straight yep, away and, yeah run up to you and slash you i could not i did not have the dps to kill them before they hit me mm -hmm. um and oftentimes there weren't enough walls so enemies are in two broad categories like enemies that hit me and i would just try to like hit the, you know kill them before they did too much damage but they always did some damage you yeah. or Enemies that I could avoid taking damage against, but that was through making an enemy that flew or a stationary enemy have a wall between me and it and then zapping it through the wall with lightning. Yeah. And very few points in between mm -hmm. those two things. Like I was never really meaningfully engaging with the combat in like a kinetic sense. Um, I like slowly taking apart a combat situation in a Dark Souls or Kingfield way. Like I don't mm -hmm. mind being safe and conservative yeah. in this. I think it mixes really poorly with backtracking. Hmm. Um, where I just didn't want to do it over and over, you know, and yeah. even over and over like three times, like even, you know, I did it more than that. But even if I was just doing it three times, it's like, well, I've seen this hallway. Mm -hmm. I know which platforms are in this hallway. I know where I need to position enemies to not take too much damage. Just make me do that once, though. Yeah. Like, don't make me do that over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And then it bumming me out like the combat in this game. I did not like. Yeah. Uh, well, there was like, some of the boss fights, even though I do think I agree that they're like too simple. 
Yeah. But some of the boss fights I enjoyed fighting. I never really enjoyed fighting rank and file enemies in this, though. Yeah, I I mean, I I enjoyed, you know, doing basically what you described, using their movement against them, even if it wasn't mm-hmm. just to, like, you know, lock them into a place where I could shoot them fruit through a wall, um, I, you know, and they couldn't hit me. Um, yeah, it, it ended up feeling pretty kinetic for me, actually. Mm. Uh, and the only thing that really that really you know thwarted that was enemies whose ai was so basic that they pretty much just honed in and tried to do damage to me by touching me the rushing enemies yeah 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 are, and there's the, a lot like, there's a good number of those yes there are many many of them oftentimes they fly um and that yeah. is a real problem yeah uh but other than that like i ended up yeah enjoying it just enjoying it more one, one of the ways in which i think that like in talking about it and researching it today that i think that uh a way somebody could have an easier time with this than I did. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I didn't like find the game like super challenging or anything either. I mean, easier time in terms of like have more fun. Yeah. Is that one of the uh, ways that you glitch enemies, uh, some enemies, when you glitch them, they are more consistently or always drop health pickups. Yeah. And because I that rhythm, like because I wanted to explore and get to the next set piece or boss or make progress or really honestly get the next upgrade because they were fun to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was not always slowly experimenting on every enemy to see what would glitch them. Yeah, and I was always doing that. <laughs> if, I think if you're doing that, like a lot of times you're getting more health pickups, which yeah. means you can be a little bit more uh, carefree mm-hmm. with your combat. You don't have to quite be as so protective of your limited health pool. Yeah, and I just like for, for me, it was like, OK, I memorized which enemies were basically health pickup pinatas uh, mm-hmm. when you glitch them. And I would always prioritize that. Yeah, yeah. So I could I could see that making a a big difference, mm-hmm. but I just I had a forward momentum in this that I felt like wasn't answered. Yeah, you know, I can see that. which happens. Yeah, um, the bosses that we mentioned, like you know, about half good, half not good. Um, they look neat. Oh yeah, um, while still you know like they're they're cool, big, impressive sprites. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they have like one trick. It's kind of amazing. Like the first three or four of them. <laughs> Uh, you just do the same thing and then you have to do it slightly faster. And it's it's basically the same. Yeah. Like, you know, figuring out the trick is can be kind of satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a scorpion that can only be hit from below. Right before the scorpion, you get a gun that shoots little perpendicular side bullets. And as I go, I have to duck and shoot. And that's literally it. Like you <laughs> duck and shoot and you avoid a, 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 a bullet spread. Mm-hmm. And that's the fight. And you do it long enough until the thing dies. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. Like, it, I think the boss fights in this game are pretty strange. It, it's funny. Uh, like, in that it, respect. it feels like you could have, like, halved the number of enemies or ha- halved the number of bosses and just, like, combined the gimmicks in a certain way. Yeah. 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 Um, it and, just, and, it, it's just the, uh, like, the, the, the density of ideas mechanically, you know, for, mm-hmm. the, for, for, like, what the bosses do and what they require of you as a player is spread very thin. And, and it's not, you know, again... One of the things when in talking about Axiom Verge is that you can always be like, oh, it was like that in Metroid. And like, it's yeah. true. Like the Metroid bosses are shitty DPS races generally, mm-hmm. you know, and even in Super Metroid, like they're not great. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not the strength of that, that game. Like there mm-hmm. are ones that are better than others, but that's not the strength of that game. Yeah. Um, but it's still a choice still, to make it to, exactly. to, to make them be like that. Like, it's not like you are rolling back to a time, you know, when people thought that those were good or we didn't know there was anything better. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is a modern game. This is, you know, this came out uh, in, in the 2010s. Yeah. Like there is no reason for this to really still have these kind of rote bosses, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. We mentioned the uh, the pickup economy. Um, mm-hmm. This I've got some problems with. Um, you know, sometimes you end up getting like an upgrade to your lab coat and it gives you a whole new movement ability. Oftentimes you are picking up what basically amounts to hard containers, um, where you need six of them to improve one of your stats. Uh, sometimes you pick up one that is a full upgrade oftentimes for like range for your weapons and things like that, or projectile size. Uh, but a lot of it is, you know, basically you're collecting crumbs to try and form into a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it, it realized uh, the made me realize a little bit that I don't like heart containers. Like yeah. I'm playing that. I play this, you know, at the same time I played with, uh, you know, played been playing Ocarina. Um, I don't really like that as a reward. Mm-hmm. I don't want one fourth of something. Yeah. You know, the same way I don't want 0.3% frost damage in a Dragon Age sword. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not that interested in piecing together something that would be cool. Yeah. It's yeah. it, it's weird because like there's the fanfare of getting one of these, you know, either a heart container or one of or one of the uh, uh, upgrades in Axiom Verge, and it plays a little song, and you get like the little visual flair of having picked something up, and then it's like you have marginally stepped your way towards something else. Like there's a real mismatch between the theme and the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just that that uh, that you know the fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah. And it, it ends up being OK. Like it ends up being, you know, I think that if the regular upgrades in this game were not cool, uh, this would be a Vorpal flaw. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm doing it for the chance of getting something very cool. Mm-hmm. And the things that you get are very cool. Yes. Uh, when you get them. It's just the fact that like it is, you know, in the gat, you know, in the in the it's not quite like a, a Gatlin gun Russian roulette. You know, it's, 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 but it does have a Russian roulette feeling. Yeah. Like roughly a one in six chance of getting something good. Mm-hmm. You know, like shooting myself in the head, I guess is good in this <laughs> metaphor. I, I, uh, I, I feel like the Gatling gun Russian roulette is actually a really good metaphor, but when you start making a good thing, it kind of fucks it up. Right, right. It just depends when, when, when it, which is winning and which is losing. And exactly. For whom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, whomst will get Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, Oh, geez. Uh, And also sometimes you get a note uh, or a translation key or things like that. Uh, And this gets to something that like half works for me and half doesn't, which Mm -hmm. is this game's kind of really heavy emphasis on plot and world building. Um, Yeah. And whether or not this works for you is going to be a matter of taste. I found that the broad strokes of this were really cool. I was not necessarily very invested in like the interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And Sudra culture and things like that. Like basically the, the, the more nouns that started throwing at me beyond like the basic idea of like what a variant is and what the main villain's role is in this. And like, you know, who these, uh, Rusalka are like all of that, basically the stuff that you encounter, uh, as you know, part of the story and as dialogue, you know, information that is given to you by characters that works for me in a real big, mm. bad way. The stuff in the notes, it really kind of defied caring about for me. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Like I, there, there are paragraphs in this that are amongst the most Teflon thing I've seen in a game. Yeah. Like some of those like four page lore notes you get mm-hmm. uh, that are translated. And I, I you know, on one hand, I want to appreciate that that backstory is extant. Yes. You know, uh, on the other hand, uh, 
you know, it kind of runs into two things. Like one, you know, I think that it's just kind of low quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, the writing in the, those bits are, is, is not interesting. Like they, there's not uh, interesting detail. It's not written with flavor or, uh, to it. But the other thing is, I think that um, the kind of general talkiness and the nonstop dialogue you have with your handler mm. in this is like a not a known atmosphere killer to me. Yeah. Like having if you're playing a Metroidvania, I want to be alone against the unknown. And having somebody guide you through that is the absolute strongest whistling in the dark imaginable. The, yeah, the, uh, the, this didn't bother me like it bothered you. I, I did not see this as being like akin. Okay, it's akin to, but not nearly as devastating as like a Metroid Fusion. No, no I don't necessarily think it's that bad. Yeah, I just I think I think it's just uh, a combination of it being stuff I'm like. I, I also like I don't like that in Metroid Fusion, but I think that the the X uh, creature in Metroid Fusion is more interesting mm-hmm. than what I was learning about here. Yes. Like the actual quality of the writing was a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, in terms like this is more like I did not like, you know, getting the telepathic transition transmissions. I didn't I really didn't like the dialogue before boss battles mm-hmm. uh, in this. And it just having the words all the time, like, you know, I really like silent protagonist Samus. Like, yes. I, I really like Hollow Knight where words are very rare like you opt into it during a couple of hub zones with npcs Mm -hmm. where you stumble upon somebody yeah um you know and it just it kind of made me feel less lonely Mm. in a way where i felt like loneliness would help with this but i very rarely felt lonely in this game yeah i i i still felt lonely primarily because you never interact with another human i guess i guess until the very end i felt very much like i was at the whim of these powerful alien beings that were lying to me and basically had total control over me i really dug that hostility uh of it I, but Tr- trace himself is a real flat flat tire of a exactly. character yeah like i i think i could see that if trace acted like a fucking person yes like he does he is not scared like i, I was reading about this uh, i wrote a review of this where somebody was talking about how they couldn't tell if the dialogue was supposed to be funny or not yeah before the before the battles and mm-hmm. that's a big problem yes like he's he's constantly just like oh i guess it's worth a try like you know mm-hmm. i guess i have to shoot you like he he's horrible mm-hmm. i i fucking hate trace yeah uh you know he's not alan wake but in for in the, the watch out for fireballs like lvp main <laughs> character personality things this guy sucks the moon from the sky and <laughs> it just him you know just being like weirdly nonchalant like a little bit scared uh-huh but not like if, if the game wanted me to feel at the mercy of these big things and be absolutely fucking terrified, mm-hmm. I wish my character was absolutely fucking terrified. Yeah, I basically disregarded Trace. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard for me to ignore things in games. Yeah. In yeah. general is a big difference between my gamer typographic and like other people. Uh-huh. But I, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to ignore the text. Like, yeah, yeah. Tra- Trace is acting a certain way. Like I will notice it. Mm-hmm. And I wish he was scared and they leaned into the horror. <laughs> this very much it's funny like trace to me reminds me of the main character from soma <laughs> oh sure like, like oh my god you dipshit this has been explained seven times yeah <laughs> like yeah. nothing like no, no way that you're reacting to this actually matches what's going on the guy in soma eventually gets scared <sighs> trace never does and yeah. then he just gets put to sleep forever well yeah <laughs> Which good. Uh, they're doing a sequel of this and they're not bringing back any of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Thank fucking Christ. Yeah. Like, <laughs> put Trace in a shallow grave. Offers <laughs> field for Trace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, you do end up picking up these notes. Uh, I, you know, I went, I went to the wiki and I read a bunch of them. Uh, oftentimes, uh, like you're not going to get the notes. You're going to get like a translation key. Uh, this kind of mm-hmm. plays into um, another mechanic. You find like a passcode um, uh, device where yeah. you can just put in a code that says like reveal the name of the language and it like translate these get these uh these glyphs and a lot of these work into like pretty oblique like treasure hunts where you get a mm-hmm. pa- you like you get um something to decode to make a password that will like open up a passage that will change the level geometry in a certain area like figuring out one or two of these was really cool but like mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm not here for fez stuff like I'm, I'm in Fez for Fez stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It just said like it was, uh, it was a little bit like a, like a, uh, I don't know, ice cream and steak. They're both really good, but you wouldn't put them together. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to slather right one onto another one. Yes, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, as much as the uh, the passcode system is really weird in this. Um, I didn't, there's a, when you get that ability, it doesn't tell you what, where to put those in right. or how to do it, mm-hmm. which I found confusing. I eventually figured it out. Uh, and then, um, it kind of ties a little bit, you know, changing that geometry ties into the, uh, the hidden world mm-hmm. mechanic, like the secret world mechanic in this, which is how you get, if you're hundred percenting it, it's how you get the mega weapons yes, or whatever. And it's a cool idea. And again, plays into that strength of the, the aesthetics, like mm-hmm. you get scan lines, uh, added when you're in the uh the those worlds yeah um like little challenge zones um but again i wasn't playing this for completionism yeah uh, those uh, are also like randomized to a certain degree yes yeah yeah uh, which is a which is a cool idea yeah um one tip i want to tell people who are listening to this who ultimately come away from it like they've never played it and they want to mm-hmm. if you think the talkiness so i didn't find this out until after i played it but if you think the talkiness would bother you as well if you choose speedrun mode and then just choose not to speedrun it, it gets rid of all that stuff and makes it this weird hostile thing where nothing talks to you. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds amazing to me, and I really wish I had done it. <laughs> um, you know, I guess that's what the uh, the developer of this uh, talked to uh, Jeremy Parrish on an episode of Retronauts and talked about that. Hmm. And he's just like recommended that for people who want like an old school Metroid hostile you know, alienating experience, mm-hmm. uh, which I was so absolutely over the top, desperately horny for and, and did not get. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you if you decide to go into this, don't be like me. Uh, <laughs> throw on speed run mode. Yeah. I had no idea that was the case. Yep. Yeah. I didn't, didn't find out until too late. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one guy. One dude. It's crazy. Yep. Um, yep. And like this, like this is executed to a pretty high degree of like precision like the different elements here the just kind of the, the the development and design the the art and the musician are like or and the and the and the music rather uh they're all done pretty well even if like mm-hmm. some of the you know the choices that ended up being made especially on the design development side but like you know didn't didn't really work but it's super super impressive that it's like a one guy yeah yeah you know? it's it's really amazing yeah. Like in that respect, it does not feel like that. No, uh, it does not have that feeling of, you know, kind of amateurness, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, other small uh, team games that we play do, even when I end up, you know, liking them, like even something like I like Cave Story more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cave Story is basically, you know, one one dude as well. Yeah. Yeah. And is not quite has more of an amateur feel than this does. Mm hmm. 
you know, in terms of like kind of out of the box looking assets and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just kind of the way it visually coheses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things that are made by more that, you know, we look at uh, Valdez Story or Salt and Sanctuary, which are made by very small teams of like two people, two mm-hmm. or three people. Uh, does not feel as professionally put together as this or as slick. Yeah. A, a lot of that, I believe, is helped by the fact that um, HAP came from professional game development. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that I think that he just kind of had a lot of experience, uh, you know, if not doing a lot of the stuff himself. Like he has t- he has said in interviews like, yeah, I never really like wrote music before. But I think that he just had mm-hmm. worked enough with people um, who had done those things that he picked up a workflow or an idea or kind of an idea of an approach. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Like it's impressive as yeah. hell. Like it's it's it's, it's especially yeah. impressive on the pixel art. Like you know the enemies, you know, take or leave them. But these bosses that you know the bosses or the Rusalki, like these NPCs that you're dealing with, the gigantic heads, like the combination HR Giger and David Cronenberg kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the pixel art in this is um, chef fingers, you know, yeah, a, yeah. Italian chef kiss. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's neat. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's impressive. It's respectable. Yeah. You know. uh this uh the soundtrack is amazing have you seen the vinyl uh, i have not uh t- t- take a look so the uh the soundtrack of this on vinyl or at least the, the edition that i saw like it is pressed onto a translucent orange um kind of wax so mm. the actual so the actual you know vinyl disc itself is uh is see-through it looks like a oh, crazy cool. alien artifact that's pretty neat yeah yeah I like that quite a bit mm-hmm um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he began working on this in 2010 as the sole developer and uh, just over the course of five years ended up, uh, you know, putting it out. I, it's it's difficult to find like anything that is really special about the development process. Like he initially started, uh, uh, oh gosh, the like the main weapon that you had or the only weapon that you had was going to be like a combination of the bionic commando arm and the um, like the, the, the disc chain thing from uh, from Rygar. Mm. Yeah, but he decided mm-hmm. to make it more, you know, like a Metroid or Contra uh, kind of thing. Uh, but that's like yeah. the only anecdote that I saw other than like, yeah, it's, you know, lonely and hard working on stuff by yourself. But, you know, you you really don't have to deal with the coordination either. So it's actually kind of liberating. Yeah. 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 And there is that interview uh, that Retronauts interview. Um, I did not actually listen to that because at the time it came out it was before I had played the game and i at that point we actually we covered this for check it out comrade and i didn't you know i played the first couple hours and bounced off it so i was just like i don't really care about this game i Mm -hmm. didn't never listen to that episode so there is some insight out there if you are hungry for it yeah um i did not get a chance to revisit it uh Mm -hmm. before we recorded because i have a guest in town oh yeah so just a little peek into the real life (laughs) of gary butterfield He's got a guest in town. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. Yeah. And my not... shirt that says it's not a euphemism is leading to a lot of questions answered by my shirt. That says it's not a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, like I guest in town. Yeah. Uh something that I thought like that that kind of like maybe would go, oh, oh, okay, is the fact that Nick Sutner uh was the account manager at, at Sony and also mm-hmm. like Shane Bettenhausen worked alongside Thomas Happ to get this to happen. Like, oh, it's like a it's like a one up r- crew. Yeah, they're yeah. part of the cabal. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, Nick yeah. Sutner. Isn't Nick Sutner and Shane Bettenhausen? It was good. Yeah, it was good him. to it was good to see them in the credits for this. Yeah, they see him all right. Yeah, I liked them on One Up Podcast. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, the opening of this uh, it starts with this little prologue cartoon uh, in New Mexico in 2005. There's an experiment happening in this lab uh, with a beam collider. It explodes. The lab collapses onto the main character Trace. Yep. Um, which probably, if I'm being <clears throat> fair, uh, and this is not this was not fair on my part, but part of my expectation about atmosphere of this was probably set by its again almost actionable uh, resemblance to Out of This World. Yeah. Um, in terms of its opening, like I was like, oh, like this is going to be like a like have some another world DNA. Um, but uh, I you know, immediately started getting talked to by the aliens. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, they 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 show up right away. Um, yeah. yeah. So like just fades to black and you wake up in the first area here, a reboot. Uh, where Trace, you know, kind of just is inside this metal egg chamber, uh, what seems to be far underground, and a mysterious voice says, hey, there's a gun in the next room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you uh, walk over to this, um, you get the, uh, when you pick up the gun, you know, to the, and to the left again, Metroid, um, you get uh, this weapon, it's called the Axiom Disruptor, and when you pick it up, this alien writing uh, fills the screen. Yes. And uh, this weapon is considered, you know, you get this little text. It's a high-tech bio uh, by mechoid, bio-mechoid yes. weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that, uh, you know, just kind of merges with you in a, in, in a certain way. Everything is very alien. Everything is off-putting. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the sense of danger is heightened by this mysterious woman saying, hey, you need to go. Someone's coming after you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's referring to. I like, what is what is coming after you? I this? I don't know. Is she referring to the variants? I, I guess, but they 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 just hang out. Yeah, no, they're just yeah. they're, they're just standing around looking for demons. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. I thought this was you know because you later you have the trippy part where you do get kind of stalked for a second as you're tripping out. Yeah, um, and I, I I was kind of expecting that, but the gulf between this and that, like mm-hmm. I was kind of kept waiting to be chased. Yeah. Uh, based on this, like a, again, like a Metroid Fusion kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Man, you but yeah, really so she love Metroid Fusion. You know, it, the one thing you gotta know about me: <laughs> Prime Fusion, <laughs> the twin pillars of my Metroid love. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing that it's for something to like. I think that you know, I I I don't know whether I like this more than Fusion or not. Uh-huh. But the things that this does that are frustrating to me are things that I will admit that Metroid Fusion did well. Okay. Like that sense of pursuit, like that, like cool, you know, that I think that the X thing is cooler than any antagonist in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool factor to fusion that I think is better than this, even though fusion also felt like a talky betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Of my good silent Metroid. F- man, f- fusion is way more frustrating than, than this to me. I, I, I believe it. Like yeah. I, I have not, there's a reason I have not revisited it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So since we did it for the show eight years ago. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Eight years. <laughs> 2012. Yep. <laughs> it's dumb. Hi, everybody. Let's die already. Like, <laughs> let's go to the zoo and get my bat guy to put a bullet in us. Like, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, this whole area here, uh, it's, you know, you've got some biological blood bubbles blocking away, mm-hmm. little, little orbies. Uh, flush yep. down the toilet here um, and your gun can uh, blow them out of the way, but they kind of keep coming back as they go, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool and scary. Yeah. I love the blood bubbles. Yeah. Um, you get this area uh, as you're going, that's filled with static 
uh, and you, you, if you die, yeah, at this point, like you know, and and if you die, you know, from an enemy or this, whatever happens the first time, you resurrect here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you die, you wake up back at the egg. They act kind of like bonfires. Um, and the woman says that she saved your mind machines. Yeah, um, I really enjoy the language that the uh, that the Rusalki use. Like just kind of mm-hmm. the analogs, like when they're trying to reach for like a description of what they are, they say that we are like water people or something like that. Just yeah. some, some of the just kind of like weird portmanteaus that they come up with feel like they, they've got a real kind of like musicality to them to me. But the idea yeah. that like, yeah, no, we saved your mind machines. I kind of know what that means. I can infer that there's like cloning and memory replication going on. Um but yeah, I, I dig that quite a bit. I guess this is my yeah. long way of saying that. Yeah, I, I, I am into it as well. I have no problem uh, with that. Um, and they're, they're water uh, people because of their base. The word comes from Russian folklore. Yes. Um, this malicious uh, water spirit. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's good. So, yeah. They look neat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there's not really much in the way of enemies here in Aribu. It is a you know just classic kind of onboarding kind of area. You've got these crawlers uh, that are you know going around the platforms. They have to either shoot or time or jumping around. Not too great. <clears throat> or, yeah. you know, not not too difficult, I guess. Yep. Um, there's a we introduced this uh, obstacle, this early obstacle that falls off in the game. Yeah. Which are these laser gates with a a little button you shoot. Mm-hmm. to open the laser um when you do this you get in this next room to get your next uh, gun which is called the nova uh, which you fire that shoots a bullet and when you press fire again it explodes in like a, a six-way spread mm-hmm. um i was expecting this to do a lot more damage yeah because, because there are six explodes. projectiles and it explodes yes, you know, yeah uh it does not feel like it does six times the damage no uh as my regular gun and it fires so much slower because you can't tap fire Mm-hmm. Uh, this you have to you deploy it like it has the cadence of a grenade launcher mm-hmm. you know you send it at something then you explode it but it takes basically the same number of hits yeah to kill things like i i did not use this weapon like mm-hmm. i i wanted to i thought it seemed cool yeah uh, it's, idea, it's definitely different it, like this is unlike any second weapon i've gotten in a game like this but why doesn't it do more damage I, I, <laughs> well why do they have the bowl <laughs> yeah, why do they have the bowl bart um why did i have the bowl i just i just really thought this would act like a missile mm-hmm. um really it's a tool uh because you can shoot it uh around and kind of blow it up and hit these laser gates like you yeah. shoot around the laser gate to hit the button on the other side mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and eventually this puzzle just straight up goes away as the nova gets yeah. piled under you know tens of other <laughs> weapons that you can find exactly yeah um, you can get into a, uh, a room full of, of the blood bubbles. And if you do some, uh, some real frantic digging, you can uh, get a mm-hmm. size node. Uh, this seemed really, uh, I, I could never really notice the, the difference that this it's made. incredibly subtle. Yeah. I noticed it. Um, I actually restarted a game to compare my, my, the size of, uh, my drill to the beginning of the game uh-huh. after I picked up several of these and there is a difference. Okay. But it is, uh, it's a, you know, it, it's an hour hand. It's not a second hand. Right. Yeah. So, uh, regardless, you do end up getting to a boss arena and you find your first, uh, variant, uh, Zeter. Yes. yes. Uh, every time you fight a boss, you get this little dialogue thing with Trace just being like, what am I, a shop liver? Like, not quite. But <laughs> excuse he, me, he, princess. Excuse me. <laughs> just like, whoa, that just happened. <laughs> Looks like Zeter's going to spill the tea. Like, you, <laughs> 
it, it's that's that's overstating it. It's mostly him just being like, what is this? I'm just a human. I don't know what's going on yeah. until eventually he kind of gets a little bit wry about it, uh, which made me want to crack him over my knee. <laughs> um, <laughs> stuff him into the world's smallest locker and set it on fire. Like, but early on, he does this. He's trying to talk to these things mm-hmm. and they have this weird caveman speak where there's like, you know, say kill, kill demon. Yeah. Uh, over and over. And this is when I, I saw that review that was talking about whether they couldn't tell the dialogue was supposed to be funny. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I think it's referring to. Yeah. Uh, it's very silly and it's very the same every time. Mm-hmm. And, and these little dialogue bits, they undercut, like, what is cool about these bosses, both, like, aesthetically and from a story perspective. Like, actually what they are. Yeah. I I, I mean, it it is a thing where I think that, so aesthetically, yes. Mm-hmm. From a story perspective, the fact that they're all just like failed clones that used mm-hmm. to be people uh, gave me pretty big diminishing returns. Mm. Like the idea of that was cool once, but it's yeah. not like they're different clones with different stories or, you know, it's just what if there was a bunch of clones? They, they are. A lot of the notes are not actually are Athedos writing. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Some of the notes are like oh, one clone talking to the other. Oh, also there are clones happening here. They're clones. I did not realize they were different because I didn't get all the notes and then I hated the notes. Yeah. But I feel like you don't get um, like that boss sense of like a story. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a a point of comparison, a recent point of comparison is like blasphemous. Mm -hmm. You know, like you'd go in and fight a boss and be like, okay, well, I can guess that this is, you know, somebody who turned into a tree monster made of hair. But then you can later find some some lore notes or whatever that like tells their backstory. Yeah. And here, like it does seem like it's the same thing, but there was just for me like a disconnect between that. Like I wasn't getting that in the around the same area. Mm -hmm. I had to remember the names of all these things, like the names of the areas and bosses are all just proper nonsense nouns. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like the, Mm -hmm. the, the three torments, which I know what that means. Yeah. But I don't know what Abzu means or Zeter or, you know, Kim Cab or Libidib, you know. There's like these all have etymology that are kind of clever, clever, like Arabu means entrance yeah. or uses the same root word. But that doesn't make it more memorable to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I, th- I, th- I think I that for, for, for me, like maybe I'm rounding up because of the body horror that works for me in a huge way on this. See, I, I th- they didn't look enough like people mm. for it to be like body horror to me. They just looked like bugs. Yeah. You know, like, like they were telling me that they used to be people. Mm-hmm. But one of them is just a straight up scorpion. <laughs> like, what do you mean that used to be a person? That's dumb. Like, why doesn't this look like, why doesn't this look like Giger? You know, why doesn't this look like somebody who's like having a Cronenberg nightmare? Mm-hmm. It just looks like a bug. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is your first boss. Uh, it's like a big, uh, almost like a snail kind of thing. It's a big pod. Um, yeah. And uh, floats left and right and has two attacks. It uh, it sprays projectiles, right? And or, it sometimes creates little mines, and you run under it and shoot it. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious, like what you're supposed to shoot at. Like, oh, the fleshy bits, cool. That'll, yeah, yeah that's where my gun will do uh, will do damage. Uh, yeah. But like, it's really easy to avoid the projectile spray and the mines. You know, you kind of have to consciously walk on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot to it. Right, it's a pretty easy boss, which is makes sense for the first boss. Yes. Um, after that, you get the laser drill. Uh, which you mentioned, this allows you to destroy certain rock walls, um, has an incredibly satisfying noise, and they mm-hmm. cleverly, uh, on the switch at least, at least uh, map this to one of the shoulder buttons. Yeah. So you don't yeah. have to switch to it. Um, yeah. Eventually, this also falls off, and you'll stop needing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because other, uh, like, other um, abilities give you the ability, or you know, the other abilities let you destroy uh, uh, destructible blocks. 
Yeah. Well, and there are just fewer destructible blocks. Oh yeah. As you go, like they see, they cease being the critical path and start becoming sometimes a path to a secret and mm -hmm. sometimes just don't exist. So. Right. Um, yeah. So we we have moved. Uh, we can now sc scoot through the bottom of this area. Um, there are these floating tentacle monsters uh, down here. Um, these fire just kind of like a basic projectile at mm -hmm. you. Um, they're a little bit tougher. Yeah. Than what we've been dealing with. And then these uh, worms that shoot out of the wall in these little like half circle loops. Yeah. They're, so there are ones that do the, like the half circle loops and the other, there are the other ones that do, um, they basically act as horizontal damage gates uh, for jumping mm. up, up between platforms. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you have to like bait them out so you can do damage to them. So you can make a, make an uninterrupted leap. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we yep. had, we had down into Abzu, not the weird underwater exploration game, but ABSU. Um, and things are a little bit more glitchy in places here, uh, mm -hmm. and they're getting a little bit more organic, like there are mushroom platforms and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is where they introduced those zombie enemies. I, I, I do not like them. Right. Uh, it's one of my least favorite enemies of the game. The, everything we fought so far has been fine. Yeah. Um, I do not like these things. I think it's, I find it very hard to avoid getting hit by them. Mm -hmm. Um, they run at you, they swipe and leap. Um, sometimes you can duck under them. When they leap, uh, but sometimes I, I could not. Yeah, sometimes they, they, uh, they stop short. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there are also these plant enemies um, that spew these waterfalls of damaging spores. Yeah. At you. At the very least, there's not a poison effect. That would be uh, yeah, really yeah. bad in this. Boy. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It starts scatting over the soundtrack. What? When you, uh, when you have the poison effect <laughs> instead of the beeping. Because <laughs> like, uh, Trace is a DJ name. Like, let's all just be. Yeah, it absolutely is. And every well, the thing that I know about DJs is they all love scat. They do love scat. There's a big, <laughs> do they? Big, uh, uh, well, they did in, in in Europe in 1994 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, when in, Super in, Metroid came out. An indicative sample. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh eventually though, uh you pass through like the uh the the the, the flora uh stratum here and you get to something, mm -hmm. you know, an area that is a little bit more uh, mechanical. Uh and you find the voice that has been speaking to you. You find this character named Elsa Nova, uh which is a gigantic face set into like a Giger like spine room. Yes. Uh, this is on the cover. Like, yes. Have you ever seen the cover of the game? Uh, these creatures. And these are uniformly like a triumph of design. Yeah. Um, these are incredibly cool looking. I love it. Yeah. Uh, really cool. They do a good they do good work, like making them look different. Mm -hmm. uh, there are multiple ones we're going to interact with um, and they all look reasonably different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, what if a Giger spaceship had a face and a personality? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yep, good. Yep. Uh, neat, neat looking. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but she is the one who's been talking to us through the mind machines, and she kind of gives us our mission. There are things that we need to do to bring her and a lot of the others back online. Uh, we need to fix the the power filter uh, that is uh, that that has been uh, malfunctioning, uh, or else she will die. Um, yeah. and she has no real guidance about that aside from saying that, you know, the filter is not near. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then she takes a nap. Um, <laughs> after down here, when you're down here, you find the, uh, the Kilver weapon, mm -hmm. uh, which is your short burst of electricity shotgun. The VIP. Um, 
VIP, yeah, I ended up using this for most of the game, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, until eventually I got a lightning gun that homed in on whatever was closest yeah. automatically. Um, but this was what I used for most of the game other than bosses um, because it has, at least for quite a while, the highest DPS yeah. uh, you'll get and then going through walls. So mm-hmm. it it did the it answered, you know, it, it enabled my main way of fighting mm-hmm. in this game, which was getting walls between me and enemies. And it answered partially my main complaint of the game was that enemies took too many hits to kill. Yes. So useful weapon. Uh, yeah. This also gets rid of the need to do the uh the 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 Nova uh projectile uh because you That's can true. just like straight up shoot yeah. shoot through the uh the laser barriers or other walls to uh to hit deactivation nodes and things like that. Yeah. You, you had a good run. Nova. <laughs> you uh, had lasted, you had a good twenty minute run. Yeah, Nova. it lasted about twenty minutes and now you're out. <laughs> Friendship ended with Nova. <laughs> uh, so oh. uh as you uh, kind of walk down this hallway uh, above these compartments, um, we start seeing this container full of dead bodies, yeah. uh, which again, I love. Like <laughs> the, the way the atmosphere in this game works is when it is a set piece room, like yeah. hallways don't work for me. But when I actually arrive at a destination, I think they're cool looking. This is incredibly uh, this is striking. Cool. Yeah, this it, is awesome. It's all I mean, the, like there's also a certain amount of comic timing to this because like yeah. one of the compartments has like two bodies. Think, OK, those like humanoid. That's kind of like the. Uh, like the uh, the feral people who jump at me, and this one has a slightly larger one. I think then I think there are three or four more after that, to where it is the biggest room you have been in in the game, and it is a pile of bodies that would not look out of place in blasphemous. Yeah, yeah, uh, big big blasphemous energy. Yeah, uh, to it or like that big pile of bodies in a death gambit. Oh yeah, yeah, clones. You know, <laughs> uh, it just looks cool. Like this, yeah. this is great. You know. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so as you're getting this, you know, it's two times the height of the screen. It just can increasingly high as you climb up. Um, you climb up this to reach the next boss whose name is Talal. Mm-hmm. Um, you try to talk to Talal as well. Uh, but you know, uh, Talal does not, does not work or, you know, does not answer you again. Yeah. Uh, you know, Athedos says destroy mm-hmm. demon, demon destroy. Well, that just happened. And then you, uh, you, you get back into it. Was it something I said? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, Talal spills the tea. Where's everybody going? Bingo. Yeah. Fuck man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, and Talal yeah. is like a gigantic, uh, like cyber warrior kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. va- vaguely humanoid. And he has like a massive, uh, massive cannon. Uh, that he fires and there's nothing that's really uh vulnerable on him aside from these glowing yellow tumors yeah yeah he's he's very like he's kind of like a cyber warrior guy but he's very like squat yeah like he also kind of looks just like a a, a tank yeah yeah sure like he's probably the most humanoid mm-hmm. of anything that we've seen so far but he kind of also looks like a weird like i guess kind of like a mecha yeah yeah like a bulldozer mecha mm-hmm um, and this is where the uh, not finding, you know, being able to see the platform in the background uh, first started fucking me up because yeah. there is a platform you have to stand on mm-hmm. um, to shoot the tumors on his back. And I did not see it for a while. Oh, wow. Um, uh, yeah, it is hard for me to see. Did you did you find a way uh, to do damage? You know, I, I got up there. Okay. I, I ended up actually jumping and hitting the platform with my head and then being like, oh, that's not the background. <laughs> yeah. And then jumping on it. Huh. Uh, stop using color in video games. It offends me personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, conform to me. Um, the uh, and but once you get up there, all you do is you stand on that platform, jump and shoot, and then either duck or jump over bullets. Mm-hmm. It's fucking incredible. Like it is. Yeah. It is one of the simplest boss fights we've ever done for this show. Yeah. 
Um, it's just, it's just, and it goes, then he goes faster. He gets red. He shoots mm-hmm. faster. So I like duck, jump, duck, duck, jump all while shooting and you beat the boss. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty low quality dude. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, wait, 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 way too simple. And it's not even saved by the huge explosion of bloody flesh. I do like the explosion. The explosion is uh, good. <laughs> and I like the uh, explosion of like healing pickups that you get. there, are like way more than you could ever need. Yep. Like that has a good like payday feel. Mm-hmm. Big payday. Big payday. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> like when I spilled too many treats out of the container. You're not going to pick, pick them back up. Come on. No. Are you a monster. Oh, big payday. Big yeah. payday. Big yeah. payday. Um, yeah. So you beat this, um, you know, explodes um, and you drop into this chamber of like more, you know, more glitchy, but it's like flesh glitchy. <laughs> and this uh, gets you the address disruptor, which is your tool that uh, corrupts or decrupts uh, weak enemies and blocks. This is like your glitch wave. Mm hmm. Yeah. So this not only uh, will kind of open up areas that are slightly glitched, but this is a way to, if you see flickering platforms, you can make them solid uh, by hitting, by hitting them with this. Yep. 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 Uh, But uh, you need to, you know, it won't, it won't do everything, uh, which is a problem. Like you get, like we mentioned, a power up to this that is functionally identical. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, it also will solidify bubbles, Yeah, um, which is how you get out. You zap these bubbles and you can ride up, which again, I, I kind of felt like bubbles were going to show up later as well, but mm-hmm. this is the bubble room. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Yeah. It pops up like one or two times after this, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily common. Uh, this highlights something that I think is that this game does very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like a basic thing that every, metroidvania ought to uh ought to do which is you trap yourself uh when you get uh when you go for a power-up and you have to learn to use the power-up to get out of the situation that you're in oh yeah 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 uh sometimes designers forget to do that (laughs) yeah yeah you you do get taught how to use the things like i I think that there is um a little bit of a problem again with like how that interfaces with the map yeah. You know, remembering glitchy versus very glitchy one panel versus two panel mm-hmm. areas. But I do think that like the first tutorial on how the thing works generally is very good. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you can then get kind of over uh, through this overgrown part near the top, um, jumping on these vine berries uh, there in the background to get over to Z. Uh, and we'll do some backtracking, but this is the first time we have visited Z. Yeah. And like we are working our way east across the map basically yes uh as it uh as it goes um and z uh, at least the first area here it's the steam tunnels uh you mm-hmm. you know are jumping jumping between platforms trying to avoid blasts of steam um and mm-hmm. the patterns do end up getting pretty intricate here mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, i hope i never get blasted with steam in real life like out of things that happen in video games i mean a blast of seems steam seems like pretty likely so I, uh, you know, my, my house doesn't have a basement. It's on a okay. uh, concrete slab. And so okay. my utilities are actually in like a uh, the utility closet that's at the center of my house. Okay. Okay. So, you know, like on you, know, you, you can get at it from one side in the hallway that leads to my bedrooms. Like it, my kitchen abuts against it. Uh, <laughs> like my living room abuts against it. There's a door to it in my dining room. It, like everything is organized around my furnace and my water heater. And I have thought, okay, so say a regulator goes bad on my water heater. There is almost no place in my house where I could be where I would not 
copies have all my skin scalded, scalded off by steam. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to have to go live in the car for a little bit. <laughs> Can't go in there. It's steamed up. Yep. House you know? is steamed. House is steamed. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's, that, 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 that's what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's in the Epic Game Store. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so you're, you're making your way past the steam. Um, there's also this long hallway with these uh, monsters of snake. Yeah, I think these are the things I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boy, these things suck. Yeah, it, <laughs> they it's, do a lot of damage. Just, they, but I just don't understand. Like they do a lot of damage, but to me they were just like a time tax because uh-huh. I would just stand and wait for them to go back and forth, and just shoot them, and they would take lots of hits, and then I'd move to the next one. No. Like I got hit by the first one, but then it was just a chore yeah. to like to fight them. But yeah, they do suck. Uh, agreed for multiple, multiple axes of suck. Yeah. Oh, there's also this um, uh, like a really subtle uh, like hindrance to you. Uh, there are places where there's pink foliage on the ground uh, that will slow you down and actually make it so you can uh, like it will slightly reduce your max jump height. And it's very subtle to the point where I had no idea why I wasn't able to make the jumps that I very clearly was doing. And I think that I solved this by accident. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, again, like a lot of this stuff will disappear. There's yeah. not a lot of cross pollination between these zones. Right. Right. Um, it's, you know, this does not interface with like your drone launch very often or things like later you would get to mitigate this problem. Yeah. Yeah. That that that, um, is, that 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 is an issue. There are a lot of disparate things here that are never uh, combined, synthesized. Yeah, never synthesized. Yeah. yeah. Um, you continue through this, and you reach another one of these uh, gigantic Rusalka uh, creatures. Um, Elsa Nova, the uh, the mind uh, tele- telepath you've been talking to, says this is uh, Veruska, mm-hmm. uh, and she is in need of repair drones. Yes. Um, so I am a slave for these creatures for some reason. Uh, I, do, I do not know why they're tasking me with things. Was it something I said? Um, and we, we learn about them. Uh, they are Rusalki, um, which are water machines in their language. And yeah. this is based on a Russian folklore of these kind of water demon, mm-hmm. succubus, temptress demon things. And now I need a best area of Russian folklore. They're cool. Yeah. They have a, they have a good flavor to them. Like they're neat. Mm-hmm. So just, just man, give like, I, I don't know. I want to collect books about folklore monsters now. Like after my, yo- yo- great. my yokai kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have learned what these are and we're going to learn kind of like what their role was on this planet later on. But yes, we are there. Mm-hmm. We are their errand boy. And I think, yes. I think that at one point Trace calls that out, which you should never do. Aaron DJ. Yeah. It, it, it is a very <laughs> annoying to uh, draw a line under something that is a, a trope. Yeah. In a game. It doesn't fix it. Nope. Um, so you head up kind of through this tunnel, uh, there's full of these pulsating hearts in the background, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool visual. And you get to this new area, Kerr. Yeah. You're getting like, um, for, for the purposes of the notes here, like you can kind of split your time in between these. I am taking us into Kerr to get the high jump for this. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just following the notes, even though I'm sure this is not how I actually played. Right. Right. So. Yeah, just for organization purposes. Yeah, um, and Kerr ends up being it's like rocky uh, almost, um, and it's very uh, a kind of vertically oriented uh, mm-hmm. as well, like Rocky too. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, one, uh, the one who's always standing up, Rocky yeah. Calhoun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing that's tricky about this place, uh, the crawler enemies, the ones that just kind of circle platforms, uh, they get lasers here. 
Yes. Uh, And the way these work, so they are circling a platform in a Metroid way. Um, If they see you, they shoot a laser out, you know, directly uh, perpendicular from the platform Mm -hmm. uh, from where they're at. And uh, you either have to kill them uh, in advance or keep something between you and them or avoid them, like follow them around. And they get in kind of more complicated mix ups as you work your way up. And these will break your jump. And that sucks because you will uh, fall a lot if this happens. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, A lot of vertical shafts here. Um, like shaft two, um, <laughs> as you, uh, <laughs> as you move your, your way, uh, kind of into this room near the top, uh, in this, with this pink goo, um, we get a power up, uh, called a field disruptor, um, which is what gives you higher jumps. Yeah. Um, it's one of the d- very few direct power knockoffs from Metroid. Yeah. It's such a basic, such a basic idea. Yeah. I don't know how you would do a twist on suddenly can jump higher. Yeah. 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 Uh, but with this, we can go back down into Z and uh, kind of more thoroughly explore it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets more like technical again, once you get through the growth, I really like that. There's just a strata on the map where the, uh, where the fungus grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, down here, you get a uh, bioflex accelerator. Uh, this causes uh, mutation at max health. Uh, this is funny. It feels like a, uh, it feels like a call out to, um, Bioshock. Bioshock. Yeah. yeah. Because like you just find a syringe in the middle of the room um, and Elsa Nova says, oh, go ahead and do this. It has tiny blood machines like in your mind. Trace doesn't want to inject it because he found a syringe in a room, but like it's it's kind of a MacGuffin. Elsa Nova says, hey, if we're not going to do this directly. I can just like reconfigure your blood uh, in order to give you the effect anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, And this ends up, so when you're at full health, you get little tentacles that come out of your shoulders that shoot uh, in a straight line. Yep. Um, I ended up finding this pretty useless. Like I was excited for the idea of this, but mm-hmm. I was so rarely at full health. Uh, and I so rarely shooting directly in front of me. Yeah. You know, and because uh, it helped me be, out with a couple bosses, but because it shoots projectiles, the, uh, in an axiom verge game, they do no damage really. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Like, uh, Elsinore was really talking this up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you will like it. You know, when you're having the discussion with her about, like, not wanting to just inject strange goo into yourself. Like, she's like, no, no, you'll find this useful. And I'm like, actually, I want that. Like, you're like you're, this is like everybody who told me that I'd be using advanced algebra every day. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, I do like when you get the, like, the second version of this that basically turns you into Dr. Octopus. You get yeah. four tentacles that come out of your shoulders. I like that. Yeah. But it's, I like you know, tentacles come out my shoulders. it's not necessarily much more, uh, you know, powerful. useful. It's just like flavor. Yeah. Kind of neat looking. Mm-hmm. If it didn't just only work when you had full health, I think it would be a lot stronger. Yeah. And more useful. And it's just the game does not feel designed to keep me at full health. No. Like there are too many minis that rush me and do, you know, even when, like when I have quite a bit of health reserves and they do small mm-hmm. amounts of damage, that's still enough to, to fuck up my you know, my shoulder. If it feels like something that would actually be a big leg up if you were trying to speed run this. Like oh, if, sure. you, if you were already avoiding uh, as much damage as possible. Um and uh, the extra projectiles, you know, basically doubling or tripling the number of projectiles you can put out. I can see that making a big difference. But for the way that I play, like it didn't hurt, but it also didn't feel like a huge step forward like a lot of the um like a lot of the upgrades do. I wonder uh, what the speed run kind of balances in this game between keeping your health full for DPS versus mm-hmm. like damage boosting past stuff. Don't know. You know? Yeah. I've yeah. never watched the speed run up. Neither have I. No. 
Um, so you get a get up towards the top, uh, and we reach this like really really huge boss where the uh, the screen actually zooms out. This was disorienting to me, actually. <laughs> it's weird. Like you're you're very small. Yeah. Uh, during this, you it's very baby. tiny trace. You you turn into baby. Like yeah. the, the the drone havers become the drone. <laughs> um, and this again is a big bug, which I think really does ob- obfuscate a little bit of the fact that these used to be humans. Like mm-hmm. it looks like a grub. Yeah. Um, and this is again like a weird kind of rote boss like it's kind of cool you have to do this order of operations to shoot different parts of him yeah. while keeping uh these like one tile wide blocks that operate as shields and places to stand mm-hmm. um but once i destroyed his first uh little bit on his back uh, i could just stand back and jump and shoot yeah is this weird thing whereas like if you stand all as far back as you can and jump i was in no danger of any attacks like and I didn't have to alter my my strategy at all. It's very weird. Yeah, no. Like so, so the like the the attack of his that was my uh, Achilles heel was like the mortars mm. uh, that, that that shoot from the bottom, uh, basically from the tail of the grub. And same thing. Once I got those taken care of, everything else was really easy to dodge. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I wish I had to dodge. Mm-hmm. Like by the time I got him to a point I was at, like I didn't need to do anything really. Yeah. Other than just be in a safe position and jump and shoot. Yeah. No. So, yeah. so like at least there's more to do here and the platforms themselves, you know, like they're placed very deliberately and like to understand, okay, this platform is meant for dodging this attack and this platform is meant for, you know, putting me in position to shoot this particular cannon. Like that is pretty neat, but yeah, it is very rote once you, uh, yeah. once you, once you kind of unravel that ends up being a thing where like i kind of respect the idea of bosses that you just have to figure out the mm-hmm. order of operations it's just they always have this feeling of like sitting in a bathtub while it drains while i just do the thing yeah like it, it makes me want the uh the i get it button yeah you know yeah yeah um, but eventually you kill him mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh you get to this this room with these two holding tanks uh in the middle again any of these these uh set piece rooms i think look very cool yeah um, and you open up the item in the middle, uh, which is a power filter. Uh, and then we get a, uh, a cutscene, a story cutscene. Yes. Uh, that explains a little bit more. Like, this is the first time we've really gotten any answers about what's going on. So, like, it takes time for the pathogens, brr, um, to mm-hmm. be filtered out of her system. There's never been a, a description. Like, nobody has ever said, yeah, there are, like, germs and stuff around here. This is bad. Uh, but yeah. we get uh, some of the cosmology here. You know, that there are two sides to the universe. There is World Stream, which is basically the physical world that we know. And then Breach, which is kind of like the space between. It is this storm of static um, that we've kind of seen it encroaching in here. Um, uh, uh, that, uh, but this, uh, you know, is the storm of static that you cannot pass. We are on Sudra, which is this world that exists to, like, be a bulwark against the Breach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we learned a little bit about our antagonist here, uh, this man named Athedos, which, again, the game really likes to be real clever, clever with the etymology mm-hmm. uh, here, uh, came through the breach. Um, he was this powerful manipulator uh, known as a pattern mind. Yes. That's uh, what they call them. Uh, I We find out Trace is also a pattern mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he infected the Sudra with this pathogen, um, leading to all these dead bodies that we've seen. Right. And uh, those were the citizens of this place. The uh, Rusalki did survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has trapped them with a breach attractor 
surrounding the world of breach so nothing could escape, kind right. of creating a uh, bad atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And Dethetos' yeah. goal, uh, at least as the Rasalki, as you know, Elsa Nova describes right now, um, is to defeat the Rasalki um, and get to the rest of Worldstream, presumably, you know, for no good because he committed biological genocide on this, uh, you know, entire planet. Right. Yeah. Um, and yep. Ophelia, one of Elsanova's sisters, uh, she's the one who found me in the breach after the um, after the explosion and then brought me here to uh, to stop Athetos. Uh, this is not entirely true, but uh, you are being kind of like led on by Elsanova right now. Yeah. Yeah. They lie to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is basically they're like succubus kind of creatures in mythology. So mm-hmm. um, Trace doesn't buy this. You know, he's a, a suspicious, but there's a, a thing where. Again, you know, the drawing that like, what am I, an errand boy? But then just going and doing it. Um, him just being like, this seems not right. Ah, oh, well, nevertheless. And then just going and doing everything he's told to do. Yeah. Uh, falls a little flat for me. Right. Um, you know, so we have to go uh, re- enable the repair drones in order to fix Ophelia and the other Rasalka and get them back to power. Right. Um, and the next room, we get a very meaningful upgrade, the modified lab court coat, which allows us to teleport and glitch through narrow walls. Right. So one tile wide walls. Love this thing. So now that you have a new jacket, uh, we can head up into Upper Kerr. Um, so you can use this uh, this wall phase. You can use this high jump, and you can get up to the surface of the planet, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Like this is one of the only places in the game I think has a good sense of place. Yeah, um, I like when you're on the surface of this game. <laughs> um, there are cool, weird, floating things in the background. There are all these dead trees and like mountains, and it it feels real. Yeah, um, yeah. I will always be down for an alien sky. Yes. I have no idea what those big spiky balls are or why some of them are connected to the surface by spires and why some aren't. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's good. They're they're filled with DVD copies of Vanilla Sky. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. So there are these these armored lizard uh, things up here. Oh, yeah. um, That run up to you and then turn around and fart at you. Uh, it's a real booger man kind of enemy yeah. and you have to use the, uh, the drill on them. Yeah. You got to use a laser drill to, uh, to get through their armor. Uh, mm-hmm. and even though your laser drill is mounted to a shoulder button, uh, I always forgot to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but these things, they will deny you access to platforms cause they dash very quickly and they're quite large. Yeah. 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 Big boy. Big boy season. <laughs> uh but you climb up some of these dead trees and you get into another um indoor area and this is where you get uh like probably the most substantial upgrade in the game i think the uh it feels like this should be the icon iconic upgrade to me yes um as opposed to the drill or the uh glitch beam yeah and i know this uh from the trailer for the second one this remains like they talked about totally new power-ups and like in the second one you have like melee weapons and boomerangs and shit no we're... but uh you still have the drone that's good because this this is neat yeah this is neat an incredibly good idea and it is executed and implemented very well yes yeah. uh even though i do not like it as a substitute for double jumping yeah. like when it starts working its way into platforming i don't like it as much mm-hmm. um i like it for circumventing hazards and barriers yeah yeah um 
So this gives you a drone. Uh-huh. Um, and you can shoot the drone. You shoot out basically this little bug uh, that has a very weak projectile and not very much health uh, that you control independently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it has uh, offensive capabilities. It shoots a little all-purpose beam that will drill and damage thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and that's... You know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of points where, like, when I have to platform, move around with this guy, I like it. When I have to fight with him, I don't. Yeah. Um, he has a limited amount of health, and he will refill his health, uh, but you have to kind of, like, hang out yeah. while this happens. Um, we send him uh, out uh, into these little, like, cave entrances here mm-hmm. um, in order to get this other weapon called the uh, Hypo Atomizer, <laughs> um, which shoots blue bullets that shoot off perpendicular bullets, uh, which is so niche. Like, you get this right before a boss that is used for, and then, like, why on earth would you ever equip this again? Yeah, it's very unwieldy. Uh, Like, like, and even, like, the frequency with which it branches off um, in different directions seems designed specifically for the Scorpion boss, for Mm -hmm. gear gear tab. Um, That's very strange. (laughs) Like, if you try to use it against a regular enemy, like, you're just going to shoot past the things. Yep. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. Um, and, you you know, after you get this, you can go through a little pipe course to unlock an upgrade for the address manipulator, uh, kind of making mm-hmm. it just a little bit more, a little bit more powerful. Uh, use the address manipulator, too, to get through this reactor that is substantially glitching mm-hmm. um, and into this very like I found this frustrating before I remembered, oh, I can glitch stuff now. Uh, this kind of run of platforms uh, that have pools of pink damaging liquid with fish that jump up and down out of them. But you can glitch the water so you can stand on it and you can glitch the fish so that they don't shoot and that you can jump on top of them. Yep. And then just uh, it makes it pretty easy. Yes. Uh, When you get up to it, you get to this new boss, this Scorpulon uh, thing. Uh, It does not know whether to attack you so right. progress <laughs> uh and you uh but it does decide to attack you uh mm-hmm. this is gertab as we mentioned um and this is again it's a very weird axiom verge style boss where like i guess like the puzzle or the gameplay part of this is figuring out where the weak point is mm-hmm. uh which is under him it's which belly. means you it's his belly so you need bullets that shoot under him mm-hmm. uh you have two weapons that'll do this the uh hypo atomizer and your starburst thing and you just duck and shoot and then jump uh, over bullets of two heights. Mm-hmm. Like he has a, a short run range flamethrower thing. Why would you ever be close to him? Yeah, you don't need to I, be close to him. I don't understand the boss design in this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like I, it, it's very visually intimidating. Like it's a big sprite and he's made entirely of gun. But like, yeah, functionally. Yeah. Like there's never really any reason to like expose yourself to danger to him specifically because you found the key for his scorpion shaped lock. Yep. Yeah. The scorpion key in the Spencer mansion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, After you beat him, um, you trace ask Elsa Nova about Gertab's reluctance. And this is where you get revealed that the uh, bosses used to be normal humans, Mm -hmm. but the pathogen turns them into robotic bugs. Yes. Um, and before Trace has expressed doubts about whether or not he's infected, mm-hmm. you know, that'll come to be a point of discussion later on. Yes. Uh, but through here, you find another Rosalki. Uh, you find Kathrashka, Kat, mm-hmm. uh, Kat, there we go. Um, and she was a betrayer. 
she had worked with Athedos and betrayed the other Rusalki. And mm-hmm. you're not going to bring her back. Like, Elsa Nova mm-hmm. holds a grudge, which we're going to find out very soon. Yeah, the Rusalka are not, you know, benevolent, enlightened mm-hmm. beings. No. Um, so uh, you get pa- beyond this, you activate a node, which releases the repair drones. And mm-hmm. you can just kind of watch babies spit out of a aperture, <laughs> uh, you know, like in health class. Um, over and over and over. <laughs> um, uh, and now we can go talk to people mm-hmm. uh, if we want to. They'll, they'll go repair uh, Ophelia. There's also a couple little set pieces where they'll wa- they'll help you fight. There's a couple of rooms where they're hanging out. Oh, I never noticed uh, I that. I like that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if you if you uh, go to their left room here, mm-hmm. there'll be uh, there are a few rooms where they're hang they're around and they will always help you. Yeah, I saw uh, them hanging around, but cool. I never saw them like do combat. Oh, yeah. And they're powerful, mm-hmm. uh, but they and they also die like it's neat. It's like procedural nice. Not procedural. It's like a, a emergent. Based thing. Yeah. emergent. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. 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 So you can head down and talk to Ophelia uh, or you can go upward, uh, get outside again and uh, start uh, messing around and looking for things. Uh, you're going to want to do this because Axiom Verge is a grappling hook game. Uh, mm-hmm. You go high enough in the mountains that it starts snowing, which is really cool. Again, a sense of place. Um, later, we're going to start going so high that we see the uh, we see the breach up and around, which is cool. Um, but uh, up here, you can kind of fall into a big pit. And really, all that you can do is send a drone out to get a new upgrade at the grapple. Mm-hmm. No, uh, the grappling hook in this game, I think, is strange. Like, it's not bad. It is really. I don't know if you. This could just be me, right? Mm-hmm. Did you find this um, like weirdly uh, like locked into eight directions? Yeah, the, like, uh, I, it was less the directionality of it that bothered me, but it was like the timing was very different. I never felt like I could do like a big swing and reliably uh, latch onto a ceiling. It felt like I always had to be able, like I always had to do very quick short swings where I never went too far away from the ceiling. I never I did got that the timing down. Yeah. It, for me, the reason why is it felt like instead of swinging in kind of a smooth arc, mm-hmm. I was like uh, quantized to the eight directions. Yeah. You know, to, and uh, can you always say eight cardinal directions, but that's exactly not what that means. <laughs> um, the, yeah, so, We're in other dimensions. But, uh, it's fine. It was just, uh, yeah, the, the cardinal directions are different um, <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, it was just uh, really, really strange. Like, I didn't know why I didn't move smoothly. Mm-hmm. With it, like there are a couple of parts where I like the the grappling hook and it being okay, yeah. even though it's tied into some like, you know, do this right or fall all the way down a mountain and try again getting over it shit. Yeah, the the but, areas where you have to mix it up with um, drilling and sending out uh, a drone, it's kind yeah. of a real bummer. None of the controls don't support it. Yeah, like it is not smooth enough mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, additionally, like. Um, so it is obviously aping Bionic Commando, right? Um, Bionic Commando, like, by default, if you're not pressing anything, like, it, it will shoot out in a diagonal in front of you. That's mm-hmm. not the case here, actually. Like, mm-hmm. you actually have yeah. to, like, you know, dial it in so that it will uh, go in that direction. And I think that that's kind of a just a feel concern more than anything. Yeah. And that's why, about, you know, one of the reasons why Bionic Commando feels good and this doesn't necessarily feel as good as that. In the swinging, specifically. Yes, in the swinging, you know, yes. or Or to me, uh, you know, it doesn't feel as good as the swinging in Super Metroid either. Right. Just to be a parody of myself, which mm-hmm. they, you can't do on as many surfaces, right? Like, yeah. that's a much more limited mm-hmm. uh, swing. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it's meaningful. And I don't know. I was real happy to get a grappling hook, even if it was kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. 
It has it has potential. Um, it's the execution. It's the same thing with the platforming that does with the the drone teleport. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's interesting. It just never felt very good in my hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get a, uh, an enhancer for the uh, for the drone launch, which lets you shoot it even further. Basically, mm-hmm. this leads to a bunch of like secrets where you would have no reason to shoot a drone in that direction uh, that far, mm-hmm. but it will hit a wall, and like there will be a little like ledge for you to deploy it onto, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, you're doing an awful lot of like what like not leaps of faith, but launches of faith. Yeah, yeah. Especially like this will serve you if you're trying to do like a Symphony of the Night style, get as much percentage of the map as possible. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Uh and then you uh you eventually get a uh you know, with this drone, you do a little drone course in order to get the reflector, which is a weapon uh which projectiles bounce off the walls. This was good. I liked this quite a bit. Yeah, I, I I didn't find a use case for it, but I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like one of the weapons that only has like one use. It was real predictable, I was... and I liked doing like the angle math on it. Like I I got, I got mm-hmm. a good sense of it by feel. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was just like not enough damage. Yeah, you know, like the the killer was still what was killing things in in a reasonable number of hits. Yeah, for me, I hear that. Yeah. Um, so you drop all down, all the way down to Z, um, and we can speak with this uh, new Rasalki uh, named Veruska, uh, who's awake now. But she speaks in uh, this kind of nonsense, like how they're both predators. Yeah. Um, we don't know exactly what she means, and Elsa Nova cuts it off and says that she's a dreamer and maker of mind worlds, which should be your first hint <laughs> that nothing is real and nothing will be real from now on because it's all simulation, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So. Uh, you can send your drone up and above and past Veruska uh, to mm-hmm. uh, uh, get some other stuff. This is where you get the uh, your first translation, uh, which mm-hmm. is just a straight up cipher um, and the passcode tool as well. Um, yeah. And so you can put in those passcodes, which is all optional just as, as a, a thing. Like there's no point in what you have to put in passcodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we head uh, through the left of Kerr and we can use our grapple to get this new area called Indy. Um, and we, as we're going through here, we step on a Rusalgi head, which is our fast travel. Yeah. Um, it's just a head. Uh, I, one of the lore notes I, I got in this actually talked about this, how this was like, a told me something about her. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a character. Yeah. Uh, not a character like Rodney Dangerfield. Like, like a Ricard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, not like an uncle at a wedding. Like she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's a character like, you know, she's, she's a named head. Yeah. She wasn't always conveyance. Yeah. She wasn't always a, a taxi. Yeah. Um, so this gives you your kind of fast travel, which is uh, this horizontal line across the map. Right. I uh, hear, uh, which I, I just really wish that I had bonfire teleports. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is cool and flavorful, but I just, I don't know, like it wasn't as convenient as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I like the idea of a head bug highway, um, sure. but it was not functional. Yeah. Yeah. And it also being constrained to that actual X axis mm-hmm. made it feel a little different than the, uh, the bug highway in hollow Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Which functions in kind of a similar way, but it's not constrained to the map. Yeah. Like as much, you basically sure. just, you go back into the background, teleport to a new area and it can be on a different, uh, Z axis mm-hmm. or a different Y axis. And I think that's stronger. Yeah. Agreed to me. Yeah. yeah. I just like, I, I was hungry for fast travel by this point. Cause like you've traveled oh, yeah. like to, you know, pretty much every extreme of the map except straight up at this point. And yeah. you know, like I wanted to compress that space a little bit and it didn't, yeah. ne- didn't necessarily happen the way I would like it to. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so you can go in, you can clean up a reboot. 
Um, you can get through a formerly locked door and get an upgrade for the disruptor. Uh, this turns it into a spread gun. Uh, this mm-hmm. was this is not as meaningful of uh, of an upgrade as I had hoped, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because yeah. you know limited range um, and like the the limit on the range uh, and kind of the spread of it made it feel like a worse version of the Kilver that couldn't go through walls. Yeah, yeah, you know. it, it just didn't do enough damage. Like it, it's very similar to the burst thing, where it's like I'm hitting with three bullets, but I don't feel like I'm doing three times the damage. Mm-hmm. Of this like that it, it's funny like going through this and talking about it that like could be my number one problem with this game mm-hmm. which is a weird thing because it's it's just numbers right mm-hmm. but like in order to you know and again uh point of the podcast 2019 in order to drive the exploration economy they needed to have enough power-ups mm-hmm. uh, enough like just literal items of interest in order to have enough items of interest they need to split those items of interest into six parters yeah. you know to make your damage upgrades as a knock-on effect of that, you need to have very low starting damage for every weapon. Right. And that combination, like, yes, this might end up feeling balanced and good once you've collected all of those. Mm-hmm. But the road there, like, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you're spending a lot of time in something that does not necessarily feel very good. You, you know, and, and one of the one of the precepts of the show is it matters how you spend your time and it mm-hmm. matters what the early game is. Yeah, It's not just a, a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like eventually you get past like, oh, yeah, Na- Navi eventually shuts up. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm six hours in now, though, and she hasn't. Yeah, like that's six hours. Like it's still a long time to have a little word flashing on your screen. This goes Navi, 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 <laughs> Navi, uh, you know, and and that's just uh, it matters. Like, yes, you can get past it, but it still matters. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, so you uh, move to a new area here called Ukina, uh with the address manipulator. Right. Um, yeah. And this is preceded by something that is very uh, strange. You see what appears to be a uh, you uh, mm-hmm. run through a door and Elsa Nova says, oh, uh, I didn't see that. You know, just ignore it, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're in the trippy part. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we continue through this, the graphics start getting kind of wavy and you start feeling bad. You're, you're feeling feverish. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elsa Nova says you probably have the pathogen. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Oops, all pathogen. But if you talk to Ophelia, Ophelia can help. So you have to kind of push through. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like you reach what appears to be a small face in the background and it opens up and says, hey, Ophelia doesn't exist. All of this is a hallucination from the pathogens, and Elsa Nova's lying to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is half true. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Ophelia, like, eventually, uh, you know, the pathogens are causing a hallucination. Some of this stuff probably exists mm-hmm. in a general sense. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird thing, because th- this has the cadence of... Um, like a cutscene, almost like an interactive cutscene. This trippy segment, but they decided to make it like a challenge zone. It's instead. really hard. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, uh, they specifically have these small, like flying spiked enemies that take so much to kill. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and then these robed figures that you can't kill—they'll mm-hmm. uh, grapple onto you. I just don't know why. You know, again, like this could have been a gravity gun yeah. moment, or just you know, uh, I'm walking through and I'm I'm learning story mm-hmm. from this i'm having a change of pace to the gameplay yeah 
Um, you know, um, it just didn't do that. A good number of these uh, rooms too are like horizontal, horizontally oriented stages that have like a bottom area and a top area. And these robed mm-hmm. enemies will knock you down. So you have to go all the way to the end and that in order to get back up and then all the way back over. Uh, there's like a, big, a, there's a good amount of just like, fuck you. You're on the ground again. Do it again. Pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, uh, continue through this, you eventually get to, you know, there's a cool moment where you walk into this room with this flying mutant uh here it has trace's face and you are actually controlling the mutant and the boss you are not controlling trace yes uh and it has this like a little interface screw as your hands catch up with what you're seeing and you realize <laughs> what you're controlling is the boss not little tiny trace it's really good uh at no yeah. point is it a challenge you know no trace is running around taking shots at you uh, but it never really does enough damage. I don't even think it's possible to die in this. Although, you know, it, could it definitely is, but you it don't, is. the yeah. game continues. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you just like unload your projectiles until, until trace dies. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, really good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty clever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big fan of trace going, Oh crap. <laughs> uh, just cause I don't like that. I'm like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like, okay, buddy. Not dang. Up. Yeah. Dang, dang it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a big d- mutant. I'm a ding, dang no. bug now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I like I've never been appropriately scared during this game, um, but it's a it's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and again, this is you know, uh, the other trace that pops in talks like the mutants. You know, it says demon Athetos say kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which makes it think that like it makes you think like oh, you know, that's the demon and it's released hallucinogenic pathogens or right, manipulating the right. pathogens in your mind or something like that. Uh, all this is dreamy wee me. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter time yeah um oh wait i was wrong you like you can't kill him he kills you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay yeah i like I, it's been a little while since i played this like well, yeah so he kills you in a repair a repair drone finds you yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought you meant you can't uh you're right in that you can't die yeah like the yeah. game continues yeah there's no there, there's so, no game over in this yeah narratively you die you die but yes. uh in the actual game you don't mm-hmm. um yeah and uh, you wake up in this trauma ward. We're back in a story zone mm-hmm. uh, here, uh, which this is implied to be stuff that happened after the the incident mm-hmm. that sent you here. Um, you hear, you know, it may be hard to hear, but your injuries are very severe. You may never uh, see or walk again. Right. And we, we learned that Trace uh, survived the blast in the lab, but was blind and could no longer walk. Mm-hmm. Um, he returned to work after having this epiphany and created this uh, widely derided theory of everything. Um, which was his, uh, you know, basically rethinking physics, like everything, you know, about physics is wrong. This is Mm -hmm. real physics now. Yes. The, 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 the reality of the world has been laid bare to me as a result of this lab explosion. Um, and like trace turned into this like infamous crank and, Mm -hmm. you know, like scientists do, uh, they gave him a nickname. (laughs) Yeah. They called him Athetos, uh, which is I think Greek for without place. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's got a weird heart on for for that in this game. Yeah. Uh, or just, you know, clever, clever nicknames. We'll call you uh, like Cosmos. <laughs> exactly. I am called Ham. Yep. Uh, because I enjoy Ham Radio. Um, so, uh, like, wait, like, we don't do this to Elon Musk. You know, we don't <laughs> do this to people who suck in real life. We just call them assholes. Yeah. Um, like, they should have just been like, hey, asshole. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, so this is where the, uh, the memories end, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you, uh, so you now know that you're actually a Thedos right, right. or connected to a Thedos. And, uh, Elsa Nova knows this, but she doesn't think that, you know, this, you found right. this out through getting hurt. Right. 
So there's um, a little bit of uh, dramatic irony between all of you. Um, yes. And Trace wakes up in front of Ophelia. Uh, and Ophelia kind of explains, hey, we brought you here because you're a pattern mind, just like Athetos was. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. resist the pathogen and use Athetos' weapons. Like, this is, you know, this is why we sought you out, you know, to solve mm-hmm. this problem uh, that we have here. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so they say, you know, the plan remains unchanged. You still have to go uh, kill Athetos. The breach attractor are above you. They're bad. Uh, if you destroy them, you can go home. So they're kind of strong arming you. Yeah. Um, travel back through Ukana, which is different now that you're not hallucinating, mm-hmm. um, and find a uh, trench coat that allows you to double tap in a direction to act, teleport. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like push up against a, a small wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels good. I love the way this looks too, because like you leave a little uh, like phase trail behind you mm-hmm. when you do it. Um, and this is a very efficient way to, uh, go through breakable squares as well. Yes. Yeah. You leave a little damaging, uh, fart cloud behind you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it feels good. I don't like double tapping. Right. Or I really wanted this to be a button. Yeah. I wish it was, uh, I it wish it was nice. better. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it feels nice in terms of like kinesthetics mm-hmm. and uh, sound and, and, or not so much kinesthetics, sound effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I wish that I could just tap a button. Agreed. allows you to go to a new area called Eden, um, which is a relatively peaceful area, even though it does have a lot of glitch, glitching around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this has these dive-bombing fireflies uh, that do a ridiculous amount of damage to you, are really hard to hit, <laughs> yeah. and take a million shots to kill. Yeah, these things Why? suck. Yeah, I don't like these a lot. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Um, they, the boy, and just, they're so fast. They come yeah. right at you. There's nothing that can stop them. Um, this like I had a this lot. Is where of, I died the most. I, yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 flower bugs weren't necessarily that big of a deal in this, even though they were a bit bigger. Just the fireflies, man. They're like they. It feels like they put it in like ah. So you've been hiding behind walls now, huh? Uh, yeah. G- guess what? <laughs> here, here well, you, you haven't go. given me another tool. Yeah, it's been it's it been the best way. Like, yeah, like, uh, you know, you can't, yeah. it's like uh, Dead Cells. Like, you can't get mad at me for using the thing that was the most efficient way to get through the game. Yeah, like, you know, you know, and it's a little bit of a dick move. I can't think of another way to describe it to very severely slap me for doing it now when there yeah. were probably plenty of ways to, like, gradually discourage it earlier. Yes. You know, gentle like, slaps. Yeah, like, you know, f- f- force me to adapt to using other things, you know, by adding friction to using this kind of exploitative, you know, this exploitative, you know, move set, right? As opposed to just kind of like, oh, well, you're going to hit this wall and you're going to have to do a bunch of tries to get around yeah. this. I, I died a lot here as well. Yeah. This is, this is, this was my biggest death hole. Yes. Um, yeah, did not care for this. Uh, even though aesthetically it's a cool looking area. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're in some ruins. It looks kind of like a Sonic 2 level. It does look a little bit like a Sonic 2 level, actually, or like <laughs> Altered Beast, like yeah. the Altered Beast style, you know, plinths yep. in the background. <laughs> Lots it's of got plinths. a real Sega. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, got, it's got a real Sega zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you get to a room with some uh, some of these uh, resurrection eggs. They're kind of similar mm-hmm. to the ones that you've been waking up in, but they're all oh, 
Oh. Before we get to that, yeah. the hallway with the zombies that pop out from oh the Oh, my God. Yeah. What are you supposed to do about that? I like So what I ended up doing was uh, just crouching and pixel edging forward. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, just waiting for them to come, <laughs> and and, be, and because like you know the the outside area was so hard, like I would get here and I would just do something that would spawn one of them, and they would immediately kill me, and I'd, I'd have to go do everything again. Yep, like, I was very low on health. Yeah, by and I got through this. The the bonfire is right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Blah. Blah. No, I I agree. This this area is no is no good. Mm-hmm. Now, so now we are in the resurrection egg that is all gummed up with people goo with person person goo yeah mm-hmm. something like that yeah <laughs> um yeah and uh you clear you clear one of these out and the, this monster with his face growls at you mm-hmm. it, with with uh, your face like your it face, is yeah it is you know not completed the process of turning into a full-on variant um, yeah. and I think it's a, it's Elsa Nova who says, Hey, Trace, that's an aborted clone of a Thedos, which is like, are you trying to make this as obvious as possible? I, I've, yeah, I've I already know. figured it out and it's getting really hard to, to pre- keep pretending that, that I haven't already figured it out. There, there's a weird too. There's a weird, like, uh, the semiotics of guilt that come through in this game as far as a clone, because to me, a clone is coded in fiction as something that is disposable. Yeah. You know, and the idea that Trace has kind of hemmed and hawed over killing a clone. Yeah. Like continuously in this, like it was just, it felt, it rang a little bit weird to me. Like, and and it made me think like, would I care about killing a clone of myself? Probably not that much if it was a monster bug. What's the name of that other uh, indie platformer that is all about making clones of yourself that are disposable? Yes, that is called... I can't. Why can't I remember that? Um, I, I I know it's what you're talking about, though. It's like a puzzle platformer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Make yeah. clones of yourself. Clone. clone this this game. is gonna kill me. Home a clone. <laughs> the swapper. Uh, the swapper. The swapper. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I couldn't remember it because it's got the dumbest fucking name. <laughs> the swapper. <laughs> it's got a mob. Hey, boss I'm name. swapping here. Hey, I'm swapping here. <laughs> but like, I just I just don't care about like. You know, that like they, they managed to sell the humanity of that and like the prestige. Yeah. You know, by showing the clones die a painful death and having it be in the service of like petty revenge and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Here though, they're giant bug monsters that are trying to kill me. Like yeah. I don't have any moral confliction about killing as many clones of Athedos as you send at me, if whether they have my face or not, mm-hmm. if they're made out of bugs and they're trying to kill me. Yeah. It's the trying to kill me thing that takes a lot of the sorrow out of it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here the clone is pathetic, but you know, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty far in. Like we, we, we have, we have crossed a couple of lines so far. Yeah. Yeah. And they they just don't feel like real lines to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have a a sense of grounding for the humanity of anything in this world. So Uh, why should I like as a player, why should I care about the pain and suffering of any of these beings or their cares or wants or motivations or anything like that? Like, the Rusalka are coded specifically as alien. Yeah. You know, which has a very like intense distancing effect on pulling my heartstrings mm-hmm. in this game. And your point of view character doesn't react to anything. You know, it's yeah. it, it, it is a real thing in any kind of media. Like 
the point of view character or like the you know people in the scene, the way they react informs the way that you as the observer will react. Yes. The same no. line will land differently if somebody in the scene laughs at it versus like gets really angry or sad. Like the cut exactly. the cutaway is what matters here. And yep. Trace is, you know, like even more distant from what's going on than the Rusalki, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, he's, he is, you know, we talked about that when we talked about uh, like horror movies before we talked about like, hereditary, like, yeah, yeah. where people in hereditary are sc- like the kid, mm-hmm. you know, that the son in hereditary is terrified about what's happening. And that does a lot to sell the horror yeah. of, uh, of the game or the, of the, the show, yeah. um, of the movie. Yep. There you go. You, the third trash. Uh, got it. Got it in three. <laughs> okay, hey, got it in three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but here, yeah, I just I, I I had a very hard time. Uh, so it kind of contributes to this leaving me cold and specifically feeling a little heartless yeah. uh, in terms of like the stakes of the story. Like there's some kind of clever, clever, like, you know, uh, dreamy time loopy stuff yeah. that happens at the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what happens to any of the people. Right. I don't care about the world. I don't really care about like characters tell me that I should care about it. Yeah. But there's nothing that's, you know, I'm so like, I'm told that this is a clone and I should be sad mm-hmm. about it. I'm told that a Thedos was justified because he's trying to make advances in science. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel it at all. Yeah. And it, like, it, and it, it definitely like, it feels, it, it feels like a whiff, right? It feels yes. like, you know, to this, like there's a, there's a big swing at horror because like the part of this that takes effort, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they nailed Right. Or he he, he nailed, uh, which is the design of things. And, you know, your mileage may vary, but the atmosphere as well. Right. Like the things that you're fighting are very alienating and, you know, off putting the things that are ostensibly on your side. They're not recognizable as living beings and they don't seem to consider you to be all that important either. Like there's so much about the situation and the things that you're put up against that are coded as very, very effective horror to have that undercut by your character's nonchalant reactions when like you could literally just cut that away like have him speak less and it would, you know, like, okay, my reaction to this suffices. It's, it's actually yeah. really disappointing words. Like <laughs> you, you need less words in your game than you think. Yeah. You need, you need fewer words and those words have to be better. Yep. They just have to be better. You yeah. know, like it's interesting. It was, you know, he's in the slack and we were talking about, you know, I was just slacking around mm-hmm. uh, before this and stuff. And uh, it is good. You know, I, I have a reputation for being grumpy and I have a reputation for not liking uh, anime influence things, both right. of which are earned. Um, I think that uh, one thing that I have a reputation about that's not earned, though, is disliking wordy things, mm-hmm. you know, because my 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 you know favorite games are like Deus Ex and Torment, which are wordy as hell. Yeah. And it's not just like anime inspired things that have limp prose. Yeah. Like something could be like this, which is not very anime at all and mm-hmm. have incredibly limp prose. Yeah. You know, it's not, uh, I'm not the crazy one here. God damn it. <laughs> like, sometimes writing is just bad. Yeah. You know? And like, you can, um, you know, if, if, if you as an individual person can choose to look past it and not feel it, you know, Godspeed. Uh, I'm, I'm so jealous of people who can just not see things in games. Like yeah. when, you know, I talked to Will and Will talks about playing, uh, like, you know, visual novels and stuff. He's like, yeah, when I see the horny stuff, my, it just looks like static to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you fucking do that? 
Yeah. Like, how are you ignoring tits being thrown into your face? <laughs> I got to bring you to a strip club so you can like be invisible and we can rob it or something. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand how you can just not see the fact that like, oh, this is trying to tug at your dick. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't not see what the game is trying to do. And it, it's, it's very frustrating <laughs> to me. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm closer to will than you in that regard, but it's something I can turn on and turn off. You know, yeah. just like if I'm playing something for a show versus if I'm just playing something, you know, <laughs> if I'm if I'm just playing something for me, you know, this the, the, this one, this one's for daddy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. So it is indeed uh, very tricky. Yeah. So. Um, so moving on, <laughs> uh, we do this, this little fake, fake boss fight where we just have to shoot the inert clone. And uh, afterwards, you have some more exposition where you talk to uh, Elsa Nova. You know, you admit that you know that you're a Theodos. Right. And they basically uh, kind of come clean. Yeah. They, um, they you know, say, like, okay, well, you would be a Theodos if you continued without our intervention. Yes. Right. Uh, which makes it gives us the, like, uh, you know, it's a time loop story kind mm -hmm. of feel to it, even though it's not exactly right. that. Um, you know, uh, Theodos uh, wrecked the planet. Um you know, came there before once at mm -hmm. the age where he was at and used the rebirth chamber. So you are kind of a Soma-esque copy. Yes. Of Athedos. Mm -hmm. You have never been like the you, like this particular collection of mo molecules has never been on earth, but yep. like you are just, you know, picking up in a continuity of memory from the first time that Athedos came. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and we, we learned, you know, again, some kind of more backstory. Uh, like, uh, Thedos, uh, was changed by years, uh, spent in the breach. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, well, I want to talk to him. He's me. I want to get the side of the story. And Elsa right. was like, no, and kills you. Uh, which to me was the, uh, first and maybe only moment in this game where I like that kind of came alive for me. Yes. That feeling. I thought that was cool. Like, I was like, oh shit. Like that's, <laughs> like, you know, it's that's a, a thing. It's a kill switch. She could do this at any time and she has mandating compliance. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it eventually, they walk it back. Like she literally apologizes for the <laughs> coolest thing that happens in this game, yeah. um, which is like not a great sign, but I do like that as a, as a concept. Yeah. Quite a bit. Same. So, yeah. <laughs> so Ophelia, uh, wakes you back up and she's going to be your handler while Elsa never goes and just punches us some walls. Yeah. Basically <laughs> is Paul Rudd, like cleaning up the cafeteria in the <laughs> market somewhere, yeah. like pouts. Yep. Because uh, uh, these are petty, petty beings. Yes. Uh, you know, Ophelia will try and talk Elsa Nova into letting you not kill Athedos. Uh, yeah. I, you know, uh, like Elsa Nova kind of has a point. Like, yes, Athedos did kill everybody. She is punishing you as if you are Athedos, like that you have done all this. And that's the yeah. disconnect. Um, I think that Trace is kind of in the wrong for not wanting to kill the person who committed this genocide. Yeah. But. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people sometimes feel like people got to go. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so you uh, you drop into this huge chamber and there are all these like hulks in the background. Again, whenever I do stuff with scale like this, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and you, Ophelia tells you these are the true bodies of the Rusalki. Like you're just seeing their heads, but they have these bodies. They've been disconnected. Yes. Um, there's a little bit of back and forth. You talk about like connecting them and just like, we don't really need to do that now. Like we have access to the drones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or beyond that. <laughs> um, and we pick up the address bomb. Um, which is kind of your super bomb here. Yeah. Uh, it acts as a function. Um, it does the same thing as the address disruptor, except it's more powerful, mm -hmm. but it has its own ammo meter. Yeah. Uh, this thing sucks because, yeah. you know, you only ever need to, you only ever need to use this 
uh, and you know, like three, four times maybe, uh, at most. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to be like running out of ammo for it. At least I never did. Like I was never using this in combat. Right now. Uh, and regardless of how, you know, how infrequently you use this, it replaces what feels like half of your, what used to be health pickups with ammo for this, which means that mm -hmm. you get a power up that makes the game more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, because it, the I don't under, I can't imagine playing this using the bomb as much as they think you're going to use it. Um, it takes a long time to go yeah. near the bomb. Like it, it's not something you drop in combat. Like it takes a while to go. It can effectively disrupt the room. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you are, you know, it's efficient in that respect. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're you're right. Like getting bomb pickups was a consistent bummer. Yeah, you know, and I don't understand why this was limited uh, based on that as opposed to like a charge. Yeah. Um, or just don't limit it at all because it's not that powerful. <laughs> like just, you know, it's limited by the fact that it takes a long time to go off. But if yeah. I'm spamming this, it doesn't do damage. Right. You know? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it almost feels like it was specifically, specifically done to make the game harder after this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, so. so we can use this and go through the upper portion of Eden, um, mm -hmm. you know, where we get to these little modes of light that charge and do damage over time, kind of like Metroids that hover all around you. You just mm -hmm. have to uh, um, phase through them. There's a boss mm -hmm. up here. Uh, this is my least favorite boss in the game. Uh, oh, the, yeah, the wasp. Yep, Uku. Yeah, this thing sucks. Yeah. Uh, this is horrible. <laughs> this and like, is really I'm supposed bad. to feel bad for this? This is a clone? Yeah. It's a wasp. <laughs> there's no, even Trey says, like, man, there's nothing human about this. Yeah, this is a wasp. <laughs> I fight wasps in real life. <laughs> like, I don't need this. Uh, yeah. And it's just, they, it's really, really like the bad intersection of uh, hard to hit and hard to damage. Yeah. You know, and uh, hard to avoid attacks. Yeah, hard to avoid attacks. This for me was straight up just a DPS. I got or a DPS uh, rush. I got so <laughs> frustrated with this that I actually like went and looked at a guide and they said, oh, what you need to do is glitch his little options and then shoot them when they get near him because they turn into um, uh, explosives. And that'll do mm -hmm. enough damage. I could like, so you glitch those things and you have to kind of hope that they vaguely move toward the main yeah. boss body. Uh, they won't yeah. always. Uh, and meanwhile, this thing is shooting at you uh, quicker than anything else. So I just didn't do what the guide told me to do. And I was like, I just need to do as much damage as possible to this thing in as little amount of a time. Yeah, I, I did not have the health reserves to do that kind of strategy. No. No, like that would work in a super Metroid. It would not work here when mm -hmm. I cannot take that many hits. Same. And I was being really thorough with this. Uh, like, I think I ended this with like 90% map discovery and 80% item discovery. Mm -hmm. You know, which, you know, pretty good. It's quite a bit. You know, so, yeah. Uh, this so, thing sucks. Yeah. Um, you get past it. Uh, this area and we get uh, the drone teleport, which allows you to shoot your drone and then teleport to where it's at. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the ultimate movement upgrade. I love it so much. It's really good. I, I don't like it for platforming. Like yeah. there's a couple of parts where you have to do it for platforming, but I like it for horizontal movement quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I ended up working a little bit more for me uh, with platforming. Uh, there were times like there were specific like challenge ones where it's like you need to shoot this like slightly before you reach the apex of your jump, like jumping mm -hmm. straight up in order to give it the right momentum. And you have to like, 
deploy the drone slightly before it reaches its apex to get where it needs to go. Like there were, there were some, you know, specific areas where it required you to understand like the far extreme corners of the way the movement worked, but that Mm -hmm. was never like specifically, I don't recall that being strictly necessary for critical path stuff. No, no, I don't think that it is. Yeah. Anything short of that, I ended up feeling, I I, like, I ended up being like really engaged by using this. uh, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Like, I, I liked the idea of it. Yeah. For sure. So. Yep. But it's a good, uh, it's, it's a good meaningful upgrade. Mm-hmm. And this lets you um, go by this clone chamber and glitch some worms uh, so that they uh, burrow away, burrow away up to uh, uh, a new weapon, which is kind of like the next effective replacement for the Kilver. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. eight, eight hours later, uh, the distortion field. Hmm. Which one is this? What does this look like? Uh, so this is the one that like fires. Um, it's like a, um, it's like a flashlight beam that, that creates a static area um, that is constantly deployed. Uh, it's very short range. It goes through, it goes through walls. Um, and uh, like, you don't have to like keep on firing it. Like you do the killer. You can just hold it. Uh, it's like mm. a consistent stream. I, uh, the thing that ended up being my ultimate weapon and I don't know if you if you've got it in in the notes, but just my weapon arc at this point, because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't I didn't find this um, was the whatever the thing was, was the, the, the lightning beam that hit whatever was closest. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, that my, was my that was my ultimate weapon switching between that and the Kilver. Yeah. Um, uh, and mainly because that does not require you to aim. Yes. No, it's so. like you just straight up fire it and <laughs> like it's and make something near it. me die now, please. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or make something near me die after maybe 10 seconds or so, uh, you know, yeah. make something near me die of old age. Yeah. I, uh, like, I ended up using that one quite a bit. Uh, although my ultimate weapon for this was the, uh, the flamethrower. Yeah. I also did not find that. Yeah. But I saw it online. Yeah. It's good. So yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, so we can use the, uh, the drone teleport, uh, to go to what is basically like a temple for the Rusalki. Or the, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of the regular rank and file people here. This is Iker Ma. Uh, you know, you can go to the top of Kerr, you know, the gigantic mountain, and launch yourself into this really obscure door uh, to get into this. Uh, boy, there are some very tough enemies in here. Those gold flying guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those things suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get through this and you get your only, uh, you know, what I consider, and it, this is a, a, the game's credit. One of the worst things that Metroidvania can do is give you a key. Yeah, yeah. You know, like instead, as opposed to a weapon or upgrade mm-hmm. that acts as a key. Yeah. This is the only one of those they do. Right. And that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's an obnoxious thing to do in, in a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they give you one here. They give you uh, something called the, uh, what is it called here? The Sudrin key. The Sudrin key. This seems confusing. It seems like most of the keys on Sudra would probably be called that. <laughs> Every time I go to my apartment, I use the Earth key. Yeah. <laughs> um, the... Uh, but uh, Elsa Nova, you know, tells you that you need this uh, this key. Um, Trace says, you know, hey, will she apologize for killing me? And Ophelia says that was her apology. Yeah, like her deciding so to talk to you again and say something helpful is the apology. Yeah, yeah. tough girl boss. Yes. Sundare. She's so Sundare, Gary. Yeah, she's so Sundare. I love it. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> it's such a good quality for a character. I know. You don't right? really need to come up with other ones. <laughs> you know, just use that one. It works. Put one in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but this place is just you know loaded with these basically flying battleships. 
um, mm-hmm. and they really chew through a lot of your health. Uh, extremely tough. Yeah. Like with these guys, I was really, really just kind of like falling into the strategy that you described earlier of trying my hardest to get them on the other side of walls. Yeah. 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 Or trying to just get past them. Yeah. Like yeah. this is probably the first part where I meaningfully was trying to run past things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the enemies do not allow for it. Uh, but I was trying. Yeah. You know, I was trying. Did not want to fight them. No. Um, so eventually you dig through some this rock to get to the uh, Sudrin Key. And now a couple doors are open. Um, you just send down this uh, vertical tunnel here, uh, passing through a couple different biomes, making this new uh, new kind of bottom uh, here that you can make your way to with the key mm-hmm. and get the uh, red uh, trench coat, which allows you to do a longer, better teleport. Yes. This is the one that lets you damage things in your path. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of the apex of that particular power up power up line yep yeah yep. uh and we don't have to do all this stuff here like i just made note of the random cleanup things that i did uh like doing some of the passcode uh kind of enemies or uh or the passcode uh deciphering and things like that getting things mm-hmm. like the the ion beam uh the tethered charge the quantum variegator <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they all have now any names yes yeah uh, the, 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 the Vorange, which along with the Kilver seems like the, the, that is specifically him just making made up words that rhyme with unrhymable words. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's his stated intent. Yes. Uh, with those things, yeah. uh, even though I think door hinge, uh, which is a compound word basically rhymes with orange a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind, kind of a turns out thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, you just kind of scoot around yeah. picking up stuff. You don't have to like the emboss of this is not so hard. I right. found that I, you have to do this. Just do it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty eyes on the prize at this point. Yeah. Um, because I did just pumped a bunch of challenge hallways at me. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. the way forward is ultimately back at the top of Ukenna. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. again, the, the area where you have the, your, uh, your, your little trip. Uh, and this is where you actually find a fully repaired Elsa Nova. Uh, and she didn't tell you before, but she was a gigantic, like just, you know, colossal skeletal serpent. Like, Damn, she's like, made of apes. She's made of chimps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, she's a snake yeah. lady. All right. Okay, cool. I, just, yeah. I haven't responded. I haven't reacted to anything else. So my best friend is a, is a, is a mechanical snake. Cool. Uh, and she comes around. She's like, listen, I understand that you guys are not the same. I just need you to shut off the breach tractor. You don't have to kill a Thedos. Right. It's weird. Like the fact that she keeps lying and going back and forth on this. Yeah. Like, I, I think this dialogue bit undercuts the fact that she ultimately betrays this uh-huh. a little bit and just makes Trace look like an idiot. I mean, like you don't have to believe hard. everything that they say. It's not hard to make Trace look like an idiot. Yeah, Trace sucks. So we're going up to uh, Maru, uh, not that lovable cat. Uh, instead, the uh, the final zone. Yes. Yes. Uh, you go, uh, you know, behind Elsa Nova and up what she calls an, an elevator shaft, but it's really just, you know, a long series of doing teleport jumps and things like that. Uh, and you're going so high up, like you are leaving the atmosphere. Uh, things are covered with ice because, you know, you're far enough away from the planet. Uh, yeah. You know, and just like the total extremity of what's going on is, uh, is mm-hmm. getting, is getting clear. Uh, there's a room with this gigantic robot hanging from the ceiling. 
um, mm-hmm. and it kind of just shoots some of these uh, wiggly, erratic projectiles. It's like a mini boss more than anything. Yeah. 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 Um, this is the one where you can uh, ignore it, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Is that, is that the yeah. Sentinel? I th- maybe. Nah, I didn't think it was called that. There's a. Yeah. No, no, no. This is the. Uh, this is the one after this. Right. It, the uh, Zeter Hurl or Hurl, the better Zeter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Where like it's very weird. Like for this whole game that kind of plays, you know, a little like they look like monsters to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've been killing innocents this whole time. This is the first time where you can be like, well, I could just leave. Yeah. You know, like th- like and, this uh, is you claiming to be a Thedos, and it kind of doesn't work, but the door behind it isn't locked. Yeah, you say like, well, it's worth a try. Yeah. Well, that just happened. <laughs> um yeah the uh i was watching um an all bosses no damage yeah uh thing to remind myself what these bosses were since all their names are just word you know letters yeah um and uh the guy before this that mini boss that shoots the wiggly projectiles is a huge pain in the ass uh for an all bosses run because he does an attack that is impossible to avoid even for these you know master players yeah so they just leave the room and come back and start the fight over and hope that he doesn't do it oh weird uh yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't sound fun no it's real frustrating um i did not fight the the zeta hole as far as i know there's no consequence to letting it live or killing it yeah and you don't get XP for killing it it, so there's no reason to do it yeah um we get to the top of uh mar uru and we find a theto suspended in a tank uh he looks like a morton joe oh yeah um you know and uh you have your your exposition we we talk um we say like hey did you release the pathogen intentionally um we did because the sudrans had fallen from their technological peak and were keeping world-changing secrets sequestered out of superstition and i i just again like am i supposed to care about that <laughs> like is that a cool theme for something is yeah, that is that a you know is this a good motivation for a villain it's so like athedos he wanted to take the sudran secrets back to mm-hmm. earth because he saw that it would be you know just a, a just a, a sea change for mankind but the sudrans would not would not hand it over so like he has good intentions for it but i don't you know it's it's really hard to like see that as being sympathetic because of what he did mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, I, I think that uh, part of maybe some of my failure to connect with this is my lack of kind of reverence for science. Yeah. Like this villain seems very motivated by. Wait, uh, you don't fucking love science? I don't. I, you know, I didn't. My my lack of presence on the Facebook page says it all. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I think science is good. Obviously, yeah. like I'm not against science. I don't find it like a motivation to do horrible things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to like, you know, I don't know kill a whole world yeah so we can get advancements in science like i feel like this is kind of presented as you know something that there's an argument for both sides but it just seems like a villainous thing to do yeah and sure like this is one of the times where trace actually reacts like he ought to all yeah. all that he was doing you know, he was like hey you know i'm gonna give you a chance not to get shot by me and yeah. Thedos just kind of proves that he's a self-righteous jerk like so it's yeah. kind of weird because he is making his case but he is doing it incredibly ineffectively it's yeah it's it's pretty strange yeah um so you do the boss fight you start a boss fight here yeah um a summons these little attack pods which are the real boss um there's three of them and they'll attack you uh what you need to do is disable the breach attractor mm-hmm. 
um, you shoot this blue panel in the ceiling, and every time you disable it, uh, Elsanova flies up next to you and zaps Athedos with a laser. Yes. Um, there was a little bit more exposition about this, like explaining like what the Rusalki are. Like they're war machines, and yeah. you know, Athedos put up the breach attractor because even though he killed even though he killed the kind of rank and file people of Sudra, the, you know, if he didn't do this, then the, uh, then the Rusalki would go and destroy earth, you know? Yes. So they're like, you know, like, and we are getting a demonstration by creating an opening for Elsinova to, you know, to, to attack him of like, kind of what Athedos was afraid of. Although, you know, he wouldn't have had to be afraid of that if he didn't try to you just mind your know, own fucking if, business. If he didn't kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, fucking scientists. Yeah. But uh, like, you but know, the, the, I mean, so like this is like a contra boss where you're fighting the room more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. These these three these three chuckle fucks are like basically what you're fighting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're running on health, they have a really good chance to drop health. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, you just don't want to focus on them. You want to focus on the panel in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Elsa Nova blast him a bunch of times, uh, Athedos dies. Yes. You know, um, Athedo says there's only one thing left to do, and then she kills him, and you don't stop her, and then she's like, you know, no, you know, I, you know, I, I said I wouldn't do that, but he had to go. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Um, she says she will send you home, and you're like, well, there's nothing really left to me because I'm a clone of a mass murderer. Right. And again, I don't resonate with that emotionally. No. <laughs> like, if I was still me and I found out I was a clone of a mass murderer, who gives a shit? Yeah. That, like, that's like I, that's that's like saying, okay, there is a version of Cole who, in an alternate alternate universe, twenty years from now, will you know commit a crime. That doesn't make me now. Yes. <laughs> like it's yeah. a real soma but, problem. What is the genetic determinism angle yeah. of this this game? Uh-huh. You know, like what is it what is it trying to say for that? And then we end up in this pilot like twist pileup. Yeah. Uh, I'm unclear. Like I know what each of these individual things is trying to convey to me, but I do mm. not know what it all adds up to put together. Um yeah, I do, I also don't know. Yeah. So like you wake up in your unexploded lab, like nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Um and you you uh leave your job and you now that you know about this other world, you're living in existential dread. Right. So you start researching the Sudra to get back there. Mm-hmm. So to me, that seems like, oh, it's a time loop. Right, like, that, right. This is what happened to Athedos. You will always be Athedos. Yeah. You'll always be Athedos. However, credits roll. Uh, the camera uh, follows down um, you know, to see a Rusalki body, and we see Trace's body on the ground. We right. know one of the Rusalki can craft mind dreams. Mm-hmm. So it's probably just trapping you in that thing. Right. But – if you get 100%, you get to see a scene after this where Athedo shows up in your lab, uh, says it's time to wake up and shoots you in the head. Which, I, to me, the only thing that can suggest, so what I think is happening is like, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't go back to Earth. You just got stuck in a, you know, a matrix pod or whatever mm-hmm. where you're imagining going back to Earth. And Athedo is coming back to life to shoot you in the head as you wake, you know, shaking off the Rasalka control. Right. Or whatever. Setting up a sequel where you fight the Rasalka, which I don't want to play at all. <laughs> I, I don't have any interest in that at all. I'm really glad that the sequel is just totally, you know, same basic aesthetics and stuff, but absolutely new story. Yeah. Uh, because I do not care about Trace and I do not care about Athedos and I don't care about the stakes. Yeah. And I had a very hard time emotionally connecting to the plot of this game. Yeah. It's Axiom Verge, baby. <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to know because I feel like my you know I, I I respond to this well aesthetically, right? And that is a triumph, and it's very difficult to take that away from this. 
you know? Um, But go back and listen to my, you know, kind of explanation for why Trace's lack of, uh, you know, appropriate reactions really, really undercuts this game's function as a, as a horror story, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see, like, I'm disappointed with this, you know, setting the play aside, which I thought the play was fine, you know, accepting some of the problems I laid out. Like, you know, if if this is largely to be be seen as like an aesthetic triumph, it's hard not to factor the story in there. And it's hard not to really, you know, get bummed out by how much this steps on rakes, by how much it gets in its own way. And that's, it's, it's really disappointing, you know, that it ultimately ends up, you know, sabotaging itself. It, you know, it actually is like any of these kind of, uh, some of these like very small team or single person games like this always end up making me think, uh, that there's a reason why collaboration exists, Yeah, you know, and, and I've always, you know, I'm like generally a little bit like irritated, excuse me, with a, a tour theory in general. Yeah. Um, with this, like, uh, the guy who made this had a uh, a greater command than you would think of many aspects of what this needed. Yes. But really, having somebody else come in there and be like, you know, help with the narrative and help with some of the moment-to-moment, like, writing and dialogue. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, this doesn't land, but, like, it would be, they would take a minimal investment to make it land better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and as somebody, absolutely, and like as somebody who I think is obviously uh, clearly a huge fan mm-hmm. of the the games this is influenced by, yeah, it makes me think like, are you not a huge fan of the way those games tell their stories? Right. Like, did you were you like somebody who loved Metroid but didn't like that you didn't you were directionless and didn't have the context for where you were? Mm-hmm. You know, which is bizarre to me. Yeah. Like the idea of somebody being way into Metroid and Super Metroid but not picking up that game, those games greatest strength yeah, is very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this story being a thing where it's like, if, if that's not the case, if that was not what he wanted, then this story was something he wanted to tell enough to sacrifice that. Yeah. And I do not think this story warrants that. I don't think it's very good. It, was, it wasn't worth the cost. No, yeah. like in, in the moment I had fun figuring out how all of these power ups worked getting a new movement upgrade was a genuine joy because mm-hmm. they're very creative. And like, as somebody who cares about game design stuff, like I'm like, this is a neat fucking idea. Yeah. A, a lot of these ideas you could make the swapper out of, mm-hmm. like you could do a puzzle platformer based around the drone teleport, like yeah. the drone upgrades in this game and make like a pretty good, like m- more modest, but like a pretty fun game. That's yeah. a core mechanic mm-hmm. uh, right there. But as a gestalt, like as something that hangs together, this ended up leaving me feeling pretty cold. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Had some fun. <laughs> it's like, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I didn't resent it in the moment, but like looking back at it and trying to put it all together. Yeah. It, it does. It does kind of come up short. You, you know, if you are, you know, kind of like just tr- trying to add it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that thing, you know, again, like an axiom of the, the network where it's like things that get worse the more you think about them yeah. versus things that get better the more you think about them. Mm-hmm. And this was something that uh, examining it didn't do it tons of favors for me. Yeah. You know, so it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, so thank you, Nicholas. Um, next week. So if you have anything to say about Axiom Verge or Valda's story of Ocarina of, or Ocarina of Time, um, by the time you hear this, especially on early release, it is not mm-hmm. too late. 
Yes. Um, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yeah. Uh, when you write in, please uh, do one response per game. Uh, that is easier for us to manage than kind of big responses that uh, incorporate all of them. Additionally, we are looking for uh, things that are relatively brief and very specific is often mm -hmm. what we are looking for. Uh, specific yep. things in the game that uh, um, I, you know, either specific things in the game that really worked for you or didn't work for you or specific stories um, yes. you know, about uh, about your experience with it. Not looking to, you know, not because I don't think they'd be good, but just don't want to read 20 reviews of Ocarina of Time out loud. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. that's not, uh, you know, you can get that anywhere online. Yeah. Yeah. So and when, like when we say brief, you know, like two paragraphs, probably. Yeah. Paragraph or two. Yeah. As, as a, as a guidance what the, I mean, ultimately what that stops happening, uh, is, uh, you know, what, what that keeps me from doing is editing it down. Uh, and mm -hmm. I don't want to get rid of something that's important. I'd rather you decide that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, if you have anything to say about next month's games, mm -hmm. uh, which are Luigi's mansion, the original one for GameCube. Uh, yep. Um, even though I'm playing the remake on 3ds, but yeah, so it's, you know, same game. Mm -hmm. Not the, uh, not, we're not doing, uh, like dark, dark tomorrow or whatever the third one's uh, called. Dark moon. Yeah. Dark moon. Um, legend of Grimrock two, mm -hmm. uh, Prince of Persia, the sands of time or Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, uh, which now that I'm looking at other than Grimrock, all of those are kind of updates yeah. of, uh, old kind of properties or ideas like a Mario game without Mario, mm -hmm. you know, update to Wolfenstein, update to Prince of Persia, kind of a weird little theme lit. Yeah. Um, Hit us up by uh, the 15th of April. Yes. The Ides. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, other things you can do, you can go to patreon.com uh, slash duckfeedtv. Uh, that, is, that is how Nick uh, got us to play and talk about Axiom Verge. Uh, mm -hmm. That is the, you know, the, 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 the high price item. Uh, but at much lower prices, you get lots and lots of extra content. Uh, whole new Absolutely. shows. You can get all of the premium episodes uh, in their entirety. Uh, for the five dollar for the five dollar entry fee yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely um and get the joy of supporting your boys and yes. the whole network of cool fun shows yeah um yeah and uh if you're hearing this the last little bit of admin is come see us at the midwest gaming classic assuming it does not get canceled for virus reasons yes uh, uh first weekend in april yes uh that is going to be april saturday april the 4th and 5th we will be at uh we'll be on the show floor uh do not be mm -hmm. upset if we use hand sanitizer um after you I, stand I'm, not I, I'm not shaking hands i'm not shaking hands is the thing yeah. yeah i saw a sign that was like do thumbs up yeah and i think that's a great con rule in general yeah like just a thumbs up is is awesome uh-huh yeah. so yeah no uh please do not have your feelings hurt if we mm -hmm. do not shake your hand or give you a hug, we're going to mm -hmm. uh, socially distance. Or lick your shoes. Yeah, yeah. You um, know. you know, or if like if you find an especially tasty doorknob and you say, mm -hmm. "Hey, Cole, I really need you to come over here and see this. Listen, it's going to blow your mind." <laughs> Cole, Cole, I love radio for you, Midworld. <laughs> Would you be willing to lick this doorknob? <laughs> I brought it from home. <laughs> uh, last year it was pre-virus, yeah, uh, and I got. Like absolutely deathly fucking sick for like five days after the yeah. gaming classic. It it really impacted the schedule. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really no good. I had the next day I had to like kill time for you know twelve hours before mm -hmm. getting on a plane. Yeah, and uh, the plane was delayed, and I thought I was just gonna like you know I was shaking, sweaty, and ready to be sick on the plane. Ugh, I was a real patient zero kind really of situation. Bad. Yeah. So it was yeah it was no good. So uh, we're not going to touch you, but we mm -hmm. will talk to you. Yeah. At Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah, we're going to be uh, uh, sitting in on a Retronauts panel. It'll be a good time. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, 
something that we don't talk about an awful lot, but it is uh, it is bumping. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, and there's a bunch oh, of yeah. video content that goes out. Um, yep. I think like something every day now. Yeah, I, I put out a video. At least I put out a video every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for the foreseeable of a, a let's play I'm doing. I have plans for after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I cannot predict when or why that sounds good to me versus when it, it didn't for like four years. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it now. It's fun. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm happy you caught the bug. I like doing it. Yeah, yeah. fun stuff. So that's at YouTube.com/slash/duckfeedtv. Yes. I think that's about it. I think so. Uh, what should they watch out for until next time, Cole? Uh, watch out for too much words, which is ironic, you know, because of us. We talk. I'm, I'm, letting it, I'm letting it sit because oh, I yeah. don't want to contribute to the uh, problem. Oh, yeah. Well, damn.